Hey everybody, this is Eric. And I'm Daryl. Welcome to episode 85 of Throwing Wrenches. Welcome to the auto podcast that is talking stainless, and we're not talking cutlery here. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches, Brocket Built is in the house. Actually, well, (laughs) we're in his house. We're in your house. We're talking fabrication for the next hour with Marcus Brocket. Let's go, girls. All right. If you if you heard that voice in the background, you'd know who it was. That was Marcus Brockett. Thanks, Marcus, for letting us come into your uh, your shop here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having. No, actually, it's it's all our pleasure because, I mean, I'm possibly in the coolest garage I've ever been in. It is a really <laughs> impressive shop, and we were just talking before the show how clean it is. You put and you said you're the, the typical like, oh, it's it's kind of dirty right now. Yeah. I could actually make oh, a sandwich. <laughs> And eat it off the floor in this place, and I would not feel bad. Yeah, by comparison. And I always thought your garage was kind of neat and tidy. Mm. Got you beat. Hats off to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you're in the uh, the, the beautiful, thriving metropolis of Bartonville, Illinois. Uh, born and raised, right? Uh, not born here. Raised oh. here. Okay. Oh. I was actually born in Olney, Illinois. Yeah. Home of the white squirrels. I what? don't know that, but... Oh, come on. They got white squirrels down there. I don't. I thought, that's where's the, I thought that was a black squirrel. Where are the black squirrels at? Bartonville. All right, this is not Squirrel Talk with Eric and Daryl and Marcus, but uh, (laughs) thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the pre-show if you're one of our uh, Patreon pre-show members or the Apple iTunes premium people. I still haven't figured out who you people are because Apple doesn't share any of your information with us. uh, What? Yeah, right, right. Uh, Same sort of business agreement, so we protect consumer data is that what's going on <laughs> right uh also uh thanks to forts toyota for their continued sponsorship of the show you can find forts toyota on the web at www.forts i'm sorry www.toyota-peakin.com or at forts toyota on almost every social channel uh, that's where you'll find their new and used car inventory online you'll also find all the cool stuff we do in parts and service and i even do a little weather report sometimes on the instagram i don't know if you guys watch that <laughs> i have i have noticed that <laughs> Very, very helpful. Everybody wants to know what the weather's like in Pekin, right? Mm, always. Uh, i just do a quick uh, plug here for that. Uh, it's winter in the Midwest, yeah. and if you know what that means. It's it's the time where all of a sudden one big snowstorm happens, and people are like, oh, yeah, it turns out I need tires, or it turns out I need to get a battery <laughs> replaced. Go ahead and call our friends at Forts and uh, Disclosure, Eric. Oh, yeah, I do work there, just yeah. in case you didn't know that. If you okay. haven't figured that out by now at this point, episode 85, um, yeah, still there. Um, we go there anyway. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you, the Scottmobile was in the shop here recently. It was. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad because it was it was time. That reminder, those service reminders, they're Anna, very helpful. Anna, Anna like, you know, send you text messages. She did. She's hey, like, right. Daryl, Daryl, wake up. It's time to get your car in for service, right? <laughs> Schedule. Use the app. It's convenient. <laughs> All right, we're going to uh, get into a lot of talk about uh, welding and fabrication with Marcus. Uh, I did want to make a, just a, a stop and a halt the show for one second and uh, send our consult- condolences to the Barris family. George Barris was on the show back in 2019. Uh, we talked a little bit on the pre-show about it. Uh, George gave us a fascinating, fascinating interview mm-hmm. about what basically the car business from the 1940s on up 
it was it was it the thirties? Yeah, I think he's got to start post war. I think it was in the Studebaker Packard okay. dealership. So, yeah, yeah, long time in automotive sales and what it, what an industry insider would have told us about back in those days where you really had so many different brands to choose from and um, kind of a wealth of information about the early days of selling import vehicles here. I mean, what what back then they would just call foreign cars, but import vehicles, Mercedes, Peugeots, um, all those things that the brands didn't really exist well, here. AMC, Renault. He, yeah. I mean, he touched all those. Yeah. Yeah. Total gentleman led us into his house, and, uh, and we sat around and we talked cars for a couple hours. When he was 90-some years old at that time. Uh, I tell you what, man, uh, if you get a chance and you haven't listened to it, go back and uh, check it out. I wish we could get more shows like that. So if you know anybody in the Peoria area, it would be an interesting talk. We're certainly open uh, to grab more information. And, I, and as I recall, after that show was posted, we had a lot of communications from people who worked for George and knew George. They were yeah. uh, talk, saying how much they liked that show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got a little traction on Facebook, some like local uh, history, like Pekin history groups and stuff like that. So yeah. that's always fun. Uh, I'll share a link to his obituary online. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. The one thing that did stick out to me, though, so one of the things we do, and Marcus knows this because we, we shared the doc. I couldn't give George Barris the doc because I don't think he had Google documents, but uh, I gave him a list of questions. And one of I think the very first one was about the, the candy kitchen. And he was adamant that he did not want to talk about that. So was it a, a store, like a local yeah, so, uh, penny candy store or something? Yeah, that's how I think the family, they were immigrants, and they, they started out with a candy kitchen in downtown Pekin. And I guess it was a pretty popular hangout back, back in the day. But George said, I don't want to talk about the candy kitchen. And I thought that was really odd because when I went through his, uh, his obituary, I mean, there was a whole paragraph about how the Princess Candy Kitchen downtown Pekin was started with his father, and then they moved on to the Packard dealership. You know, would, would George approve of that obituary? Mm, makes so, you wonder. I just, all I'm getting to is write your own obituary, okay? Don't let your kids do it. <laughs> don't, don't let your family do it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, as we do with, with all shows, we usually start with projects. But uh, do you want to talk a little bit to Marcus about, you know, what we've got going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I was going to say, I, I could, we could jump all over. I will say this. Marcus is a kindred spirit when it comes to Toyotas and import cars and all that. So... I think we're going to have a good talk here. I'm, I'm pumping you up, pal. Hey, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, a very, very nice. Uh, I've heard your name. I've seen your stuff uh, on the Internet. Um, and I've heard Eric mention you. You guys met doing what, autocross years ago? Yeah, I think autocross uh, went to a... Uh, Pekin Airport. Uh, yeah, Pekin Airport event. Yeah. Brought the uh, IS three hundred wagon. He rolled up with that, I, dude. I, I am an IS wagon like lover. I, I, I saw Those my first slick. one ever when I was in Europe. They didn't even have them in the United States at the time. I'm like, why can't we get that car here? Why can't we get that car here? <laughs> and then he pulls up to autocross, and I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now? This kid, you know, I call you kid because that was what five or six years ago. Yeah, it, it had to be. Yeah, you're in your twenties. Well, no, I'm, I mean I'm in my thirties now. Okay. But I think, I mean, I think it was about three or four years ago. Yeah. Because I was, I was still doing uh, the Brocket Built thing, but it, under a different name. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. What was the, what was your handle before? Shade 12 Fab. Okay. Yep. So that's what it started out as. It was cool, but I remember when you said Shade 12 Fab, I'm like, I don't know what this means. It, what, what was Shade 12? So when you weld, your welding wins, there's different, uh, there's different shades. So you got like eight through 12. Actually, I think there is a 13. But I use shade twelve. 
Because that's a, you're burning the brightest, so you yep. need the highest tint. Yep. And shout out to my buddy Seth, who uh, actually came up with the name. That's so. cool. That's cool. That is cool. Brocket built works better for me because uh, shade twelve. I never, I never could remember it. It didn't make. It, but I, I wasn't looking in this industry. I wasn't looking for exhaust and stuff. Maybe it would have resonated more. I like the Brocket built. I like the logo. Uh, so anybody who follows anything here in Peoria through Cars and Coffee or through any of the the local car groups knows Brocket built. Because uh, you kind of show up at the car shows, stuff like that. Uh, but you're kind of nationally known, right? Uh, a little bit. I mean, my daughter thinks I'm super famous. <laughs> <laughs> She's seven, so. I mean, Do you tell her? Uh, easy you to wanted. impress. I'm yeah. Kind of a big deal, honey. Just yeah. so growing know. through stuff, and <laughs> oh, look, it's dad. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, so your your IS though, like you you you've been a Toyota guy for a while, right? Yep for for a long time. So your your IS 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 kind of a tar that you decided to get to autocross, like do a little some tunes on and whatever. But what what really kind of gravitated you towards that car, and then also like fabrication in general? So the IS didn't even know the wagon version existed uh-huh. until my stepdad told me about it. Big wagon fan. Nice. Um, I mean, who's not a wagon fan? Yeah, I don't think anybody ever starts off a wagon fan. I just think is, I mean, it is the perfect. As you start family. becoming more aware, I mean, because I remember looking at Ben's wagons years ago. I'm like, those are so terrible. They're awful. Now I look, <laughs> I'm like, that's so hot. Right. I kind of want one. <laughs> What's yeah. that all about? And like Toyota, it's like, all right, well, is there a wagon I can get? That's a Toyota. I mean, you got the uh, the was, old Corollas. There was Camry wagons in the '90s too. Okay, Camry with that weird wagons. roof line. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but they they had that V six and they were strong runners. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. You don't see them though. No. Even those are kind of like good, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I uh, found out about the Sport Cross and I just got obsessed. And I'm like, oh, this has a two J in it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I can do this with it. Oh, I can manual swap it. Yeah. You manual swap within yeah. within yeah. a week of having it. Just just casually thinking about this stuff. So yeah, what's involved with that? Uh, you know, a little bit of work, but you that's something you never shied away from. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was only three thousand of them made, and then the Sport Crosses were only automatics, so. It's like, for me, I don't really want to buy an automatic as a car that I'm going to, like, play with, maybe possibly race. It's funny. We, it, when we sat down and we started talking, I mean, I knew you had that car in the past, uh, and you've had a Tundra. We can talk about that a little bit later. But I didn't know you were a, a Toyota nerd until we had the pre-show. We started talking about Celica and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, Daryl's going to think that I just, like, brought this guy He's here. a plant. Yeah. He's, he's one of his. <laughs> So I apologize in advance, but no, I didn't. I had no idea that the Toyota ran through your veins. I thought, for some reason, I, I know you have some Porsches and stuff. I just thought you guys were uh, kind of all import all over the place, but the Toyota really is thick with you, huh? Yeah, I mean, even in my uh, Instagram profile, I mean, it says Toyota runs in my veins. Okay, it really does. I always said if you cut my if you cut me open, I, I bleed sombreros. You might <laughs> all the burritos. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Toyota sombrero is what they call the, the, uh, logo. the logo. That's what they, yeah, that's what they call it, the sombrero. Come on, if you were a Toyota guy, you would know that. I, I guess I'm not. I yeah. can see. I didn't even know that. That's what you. What is it called? Sombrero. Because I guess the like the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow no, it's right, some right, I'm killing the show. I killed the show. I killed the show. No, it's right. <laughs> it's it's the more you know, right? I I didn't know that they called it sombrero until I think yeah. I met you. So yeah. I don't know. Eric's um, full of obscure knowledge. Right, right, right. All right. So um, we went through the whole thing as far as we, we sculpted out the document. We normally do a show with a little bit of news, a little bit mm-hmm. of projects, and we're going to talk. We're going to interview and uh, talk to Marcus about 
uh, how he got into the craft and uh, some of the stuff he's working on and, and, and the future of his projects here. Uh, but, you know, we can talk about some of the stuff we're doing in our own garage here first. We'll start the show off like we normally do, Daryl, with projects. Yeah, yeah perfect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll filter that later. It'll sound so much better, I swear. So I'll start. I, honest to God, had the thought, and Marcus is going to smack me. I could just feel him, his eyes just cutting through me. Toyota makes an EV car called the BZ4X, and we've had two of them now at the dealership. And there's really good rebates on these things, and there's a lot of incentives because EVs aren't selling like they were about a year ago. I think you can get one of these things for, like, the high 30s. It's an SUV, 100% EV. Same as the Venza chassis? No, it's bigger. It's, it's bigger? It's, it's almost like a RAV4 EV. Huh. And I thought, man, for Angela, this might be the way to go. And uh, But then I did the math. And, and you know what? Toyota has a lease on them. The depreciation is like it's like 60% in three years on these things. Really? Yeah. So they're not thinking they're going to hold any water. So maybe I'll wait for a, a year or two old BZX4. That's probably the worst uh, depreciation value on a Toyota. It, it possibly is. Yeah. Because generally speaking... <sighs> 40% is what you expect in three years. Yeah, to have 60% loss. Uh, That's Land Rover territory. Yeah, it was a $700 month lease, even with all the incentives. I'm like, seriously? That that was awful. That's uh, up there. Yeah, and then uh, I think I was the only person in central Illinois, and maybe maybe in Illinois, who saw Ferrari on Christmas week. I don't know. I mean, I talked to you guys about it. Uh, nobody saw it. I saw the movie. I thought it was really great. It was no Ford versus Ferrari, but uh, my wife and I and my son. My son actually liked it, too. He's not even a car guy. Aiden Wynn? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So. Uh, it focuses on Ferrari, which they kind of touch on a Ford versus Ferrari a little bit, but he's not nearly the character. He's just, he's kind of a, kind of a jerk. Uh, Maybe may hard to believe, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've read Misunderstood a bit. Italian? I don't know. A little bit. Maybe he had a, I mean, the whole thing focuses on his, his whole mistress and his child from his mistress. Well, he, you know, his wife secret is. Secret family. Not even secret because his wife knew about it. it was, it's kind of disgusting in some ways, but, but again, it's European culture. Who am I to judge? And it's all based on a true story, so you can't, yeah, yeah. you know, you can't say it's Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, Adam Driver was really good. I actually, there were a couple times he said something. I'm like, that wasn't an Italian accent, but it wasn't like <laughs> Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. I mean, it was, it was still better than that. But uh, it was like British most of the time. <laughs> yeah. about, or, or what's the what's the Keanu Reeves one where he's a lawyer and he's from like like Georgia and it's like. My client is innocent, bro. <laughs> it's the worst Southern accent, which just comes and goes. Yeah, I don't know. It's Bill and Ted type thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so I, I enjoyed that. And uh, having just been in Italy, it was kind of fun. My son, when they're racing through Rome, he goes, that looks really familiar. He's like, that was actually kind of cool. I'm like, it was kind of cool since we'd just been there. Um, so still fresh. You can kind yeah, of Yeah, a little bit. Out. The cobblestones, the tight buildings. And then really, when we think about having been there, and think of how fast these cars are going through these roadways. I mean, when you think about the the Miami Grand Prix or the Las Vegas yeah, Grand yeah. Prix, those cars are going fast, but they've got concrete barriers up everywhere. So how out of control can you get, right? Back then, driving through an ancient town like that, cobblestones, tight streets, mm-hmm. oh, my God. How, how millions of people didn't die during auto racing you know, before tracks is beyond me. What always amazes me, too, is how good everybody looks. Even the drivers are wearing like these stylish leather gloves and like the cool, scarf. Yeah, I mean, and you know, really cool Ray Ban shades. I'm yeah. like, man. Yeah. Nowadays, you look at everybody's just got the giant helmet. I mean, it's for safety, yeah, right? Yeah. Hel- helmets, Hans and they, devices. And they pee in their suit. <laughs> That's the less glamorous part. Yeah. Um, 
for some reason in my mind too, like being back in the day, everybody's smoking at the same time as well. There's a lot like, of cigarette smoke. Yeah, yeah. 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 Guys yeah. in the pit crew just like smoking a stogie while fueling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> safety's important, but I guess you know so's looking cool. So maybe we should throw back to the days where I don't know style over function. Yeah. So I'm not sure that was much of a project, but seeing a movie on Christmas, you know what? It was, uh, and it's car related. So I will say it's a good flick. Definitely worth watching if you're, and if you're into road racing, uh, we were talking about this in the pre, I'm going to reference pre-show. We had a great pre-show to be honest with you. So as opposed to some or others that are terrible. Now this was, (laughs) it was epically good. Of course we talked about movies, uh, but that Lancia movie is coming out too. I mean, there's, I think there's opportunities to me. Yeah. For some great, great car movies here. I, I love the fact that we're seeing this stuff and we talked about Gran Turismo. Yeah. Uh, even my wife sat through Gran Turismo. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here, but you know, I may have converted my wife into watching car movies. What's that all about? Maybe, maybe car culture is always cool. And now the rest of the world's finally understanding. Uh, that's what it is. That's what it yeah. is. All right. That's enough about me. What's going on in the Scott auto museum of North Peoria. Not much. It's cold and my garage isn't insulated. Unlike our shop that we're in now, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Did you turn up the heat for us? Is this how it always is? This is how it always is. Wow. See? Usually 70 year-round. Insulated garage doors. That's where it's at. (laughs) Roll-up garage doors. Even even better. I haven't put the motors on yet, but they're super light. They can can open. crank them or what? (laughs) I just... He didn't spring for the power door option. Yeah. It's the manual. It's the crank up one. Uh, no, um, I'm really not working on much right now. I, I went to a swap meet last weekend up in uh, beautiful Piatone, Illinois. And um, a couple of my car club buddies and I rode up there and uh, picked up some new old stock parts for the 55 Cadillac. So nothing fancy, just a few things here and there. I did get a beautiful uh, keychain for the Fury that oh. is a, a gross dark green leather. That's the same <laughs> color as the interior. It's got the Fury logo on it. I thought nice. that was cool. I was looking at the guy's collection of stuff on the table, and he's like, he could tell I was looking at that. He's like, oh, well, whatever you give me in that, I'm, I'm, whatever it's marked at, just whatever, I'll take whatever. I'm like, not a lot of people clamoring for a dark green 70s vinyl keychain. <laughs> so uh, what did you give? I, bu- I bundled it, like American Picker <laughs> style. I bundled it with like a set of spark plugs, and I think a magnet for like $12. So, yeah. yeah. Real good bargains there. Anyways, that was fun, um, and I need to actually do some some modification to the brake lights on the uh, the switch on the fifty five Plymouth because that car came with um, it's a hydraulic brake light switch. Mm-hmm. So the more pedal pressure, that's what trips the light. And I'm just not happy with it because you really have to get on the brakes before the lights trip. And uh, I've noticed following. So it's in the booster. Is that where the switch is at? Yeah. Well, there's it's it's manual, so there's no boost. It's just right at the end of the master cylinder. Okay. So it's actually plumbed in line with it. And, and you can't. Is that like a tightening a thread or bringing something closer or anything like that? No, they're all pre-calibrated, and I've tried two other switches, and it doesn't. I don't like it. And the only reason I know that is you ever follow somebody in one of your cars, and you notice something <laughs> like either yeah. hey this it leans to this side, or maybe it smokes, or something doesn't look quite right yeah. or like the brake lights don't really work yeah. so i was following my wife to a show one time and i'm like are you using your brake you just like coasting all the time you know leave it in gear she's like no i'm, I'm on the brake what are you talking about and we get home you know you push on the brake pedal and yeah. you really have to stand on it for those lights to turn on i'm like that's no good especially in a city where you stop and go stop and go yeah so um we're gonna do a little mechanical brake light switch uh, switcheroo uh, but I have to fabricate some sort of bracket underneath the um, the dash and 
pedal because it's just not set up for that at all. Did so. you say fabricate? I did say <laughs> fabricate. If only I had, you know, the skills that somebody I know here at this table has. Um, oh, hi, Marcus. How you doing? Yeah. Oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fabrication, you don't ever have any projects going on in your shop, do you? Uh not a lot of my own. <laughs> Your own projects? So after you after you're working and building stuff for customers or for, you know, whatever, uh do you still have time to kind of mess with something uh, very that brings little. you joy? As of right now, it's my daily driver. I got a GX four seventy. Nice. And I actually just put a uh two inch lift on it. Is that the pearl white one outside? It is. Beautiful. Beautiful truck. So folks who aren't super, super into those, that's basically what a forerunner but a Lexus version with a V eight? Is that kind of what it is? Uh, yeah. Full frame? Or a Land Cruiser Prado. Yeah, the, the Prado platform is kind of spanned the FJ Cruiser, the 4Runner, the GX models. For whatever reason, Toyota decided that the V8s would never come over as a Toyota in the United States. Pretty much same frame, yeah. same, same suspension, yeah. except except that comes with rear uh, air. And okay. airbags. Okay. And, and so there was a time when you could get the high roof. You know, it really did. The Forerunner and the Prado looked very similar, except like the Lexus versions had the high roof and then the, like the ambulance doors and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're nice looking SUV. They, they kind of really got, are. but as the Lexus has grown, they've made it a little more luxurious. It is very luxurious. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's nice. I mean, it's 2004. I got it with uh, 58,000 miles on it oh, wow. uh, last January. Yeah. All wheel so, drive, right? Is it yep. full time four wheel drive? Yep. That's the other thing the Lexus has. Toyotas are selectable, which I kind of like. Yeah. But the, but the V8s have all been full time. And is it yep. a four? What is it? Four seven? Four six? GX uh, four, four seven. seven. Yeah, okay. it's four seven. Yep. So nice rig, nice rig, and and definitely. How does that work with aftermarket support? Those are as much out there's, there. Or? I mean, I think there's just as much as any Tacoma Forerunner. Awesome. There was a time actually where the GXs were cheaper on the used market than the Forerunners until Donut Media. <laughs> Did they? Did they exploit Damn it? You donut media. Yeah, <laughs> they did the. Uh, He's shaking his fist at you right now. Well, I, I've been saying this now for the last year. I, th- there's more foreigners sold than there's ever been sold, and when they only get 12 miles a gallon, there's going to come this precipice where there's going to be a lot of foreigners on the market, and I, I don't know that the GX will suffer that. I mean, we have four liter V6s and all those foreigners. Uh, I do like the selectable four wheel drive, but that V8 power gives you the flexibility to tow. And it gives you, you know, a lot of power and torque that some people just w- demand over the the anemic four liter. So yeah, and it is. I mean, I guess between the non VVTI, which is O two to O four, and then after that, the VVTI motors. I mean, that definitely has a lot more torque. Yeah, and same with the the four runners is the same between the non VVTI and VVTI. Yeah, there was that small couple years there. Yeah, yep. yeah, but but still, even with the VVTI. It, I, mean, I, I just I a, just ride in the slow lane. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I actually have a uh, a guy out in California, MBP Tuning, mm-hmm. small guy. Um, he does tunes for a lot of Toyotas. Mm-hmm. He uh, read it. I sent him my ECU. I was just going to ask and how he did. It is a wake up. Like I can burn out in that thing now. No way. Not joking. You got plenty plenty of power in full time four wheel drive. I'm not joking. Wow. I told my brother, and he was like, there's no way. With slicks, no tread? <laughs> oh, it's, I got brand new KO2s on it. You got bleach on the ground? I mean, <laughs> Well, on that 4.7 will rev. I mean, they, they scream. That's uh, that's pretty pretty impressive. So that's your, that's your daily, and you can't leave well enough alone. You, you, you put a lift on it. What else have you done to it or uh, what do you want to be doing? Got the tune on it, built the Y-pipe 
I got the white pipe on it. You know um, a guy. You know a yeah, guy I who makes those. Makes, makes good noise? Uh... I have something in the work for it, oh. uh, fender, rear fender exit. Oh, nice. But cool. I haven't got to that project yet. I, okay. So, so pretty that, much going to go up and over the axle. Yeah. And then dump passenger side uh, right below where the fender and bumper body line meet. So I, I'm just going to have like a uh, exhaust bezel. Yeah. I think Jake just shared a video like that. It was uh, a guy did two things to his forerunner, and one of them... It was the uh, back window delete where he put like the the tool window, mm-hmm. and then they piped the exhaust right out by the tail light on the side of the body. Trimmed out real nice like yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, that's nice, and it is nice because honestly, on the trail, my my tailpipes are smashed. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they they look like V's because I've just like just mushed them. And that's up. a yeah. big issue with a lot of the Forerunner mm-hmm. or O two to O nine Forerunner GX four seventies is the uh, the skid plates are smashed. Oh, yeah. the white pipe oh yeah and honestly the white pipe on all them cars are like double walled mm-hmm. so there's like i mean it reduces down to like a little over an inch right there yeah yeah there, the there's section. a spot where they cross over from the driver's side to the passenger side right and they follow the and they follow pin. a frame rail and uh i have just tree, tree hugger one just annihilated oh yeah well so then i did the whole bud built skid system on it but but then that smash the way toyota did it, it it's so it's so level with the cross member of the body. It's almost impossible not to get rocks and debris or be rubbing on something because you sandwich a skid plate to it. Mm. Not a, I mean, they didn't plan on us doing that stuff with it, right? But now they do. But now they do. <laughs> the, uh, what, Trail Hunter edition? Yeah. It's all routed differently? Well, I mean, just all all the new, new Tacoma, new Tundra. Yeah. They'll have their Trail we'll, Hunter. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how that all goes. It seems like the aftermarket always improves on what the manufacturer does. and. Yeah. Uh, there'll be somebody doing something that uh, they'll be like, eh, I don't like the way the manufacturer did this, right? That'll be your job, right? Yep, that is my job. <laughs> and we'll dive into that in a minute. But I have in the document here, you listed uh, something about a knife. Yeah, he what, has yeah, a what, knife, yeah, what's ladies this all and gentlemen. About? Okay, so I didn't realize it was just like car-related. No, 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 no. no. So Whatever. Like, I, I talked Eric, about a movie. Yeah, Eric okay. talked about Adam Driver films. Okay, so, <laughs> so what else you got? So I started uh, designing a knife. Um, it's called the Hunter Series Knife. It's mostly for, like, I don't know, filleting. Killing people? Mm, not killing people. I do have a nice video just on Instagram maiming, about it. Just maiming. About killing people? About sportsman knives? <laughs> about the knife. Okay. Okay. We'll check that out. Yep. Achilles tendon. <laughs> but I went down to the story behind of me designing a knife is I went down to uh, met up a guy locally. He owns uh, a Whiskey City Forge. So his name is Dorian Mozak. He was on Forge and Fire. Okay. okay Whiskey yeah. City is Peoria. So he's right across the street from um, the Ivy Club. Okay. Up up towards Chillicothe. Oh, 29. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I end up hitting him up asking about building a knife for my son. And we end up get, uh, was able to go down there. And uh, my son, Benjamin, was able to forge a knife. Cool. So it was a really cool experience. And then uh, from there, we talked... We're going to collaborate on some things. And then I was like, no, I'll just design a knife. And then I'll have him do his thing with it. Right on. And so, yeah, this is uh, the new knife. 
So that's a project that you're working on. Yep. So that's one of the personal projects. So I've watched Forge and Fire, and it sounds like you can make anything in an hour on that show, right? Uh, I mean, he he told me that's what they seem, <laughs> what it seems like. <laughs> it's not that case. It's a little editing involved. I mean, maybe. sometimes they Just start a hacking at a watermelon and the thing falls in half, you know. But uh, it's like the flip, the house flipper shows, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a half hour, and they completely redo <laughs> an entire six thousand square foot house. Yeah, sure. But that's awesome. So, and, and that all came out of you just reaching out to someone locally. Yep. Yep. See, he uh, he actually knew about me. He saw the garage and was like, "Oh, I got to meet this guy." Yeah, that's cool. It is an impressive. So I reached out to him and was like, "Hey, I'd like to do this." And super nice guy. And uh, yeah, kind of hit it off. Just another cool metal worker. I mean, yeah. blacksmithing. So that's a very another very manly. Uh, <laughs> task no, along no. with uh, Man, so chopping you, wood yeah so we found out you're a hunter and now you're making knives all right i, I feel a little bit of like a uh, bug out kind of guy happening well, here. You, ready? Uh, you got the flannel shirt on you know shirt coat yeah and the mustache <laughs> i'm converting the, the flat bill is shipping container i saw a shipping yeah. container out there i don't know no you know what though it uh, the takeaway for me on that one is never be afraid to just reach out talk to somebody if you've been following someone that's that's my big hang up is I'll see somebody and I'll kind of have an idea. Oh, locally, there's like a couple guys that build these types of cars or people are into motorcycles. People are into stuff. I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to kind of get to know them or whatever. And I'm the guy who will just sit and lurk and watch you on social media without actually like going and saying, hey, man, I want to see your shop. This is cool. You know, Um, so it does pay to reach out and just kind of take that take that leap because we do have and I know like the Peoria area and this, you know, central Illinois is is. We've got a lot of really talented machinists, fabricators, welders, I mean, car builders, bike builders, whatever. But everywhere in this country is like that. You know, if you have people that are doing something and they've kind of found their niche, it's not something that everybody's going to know about. It's like a small group. It's like, hey, you need this? Talk to this person. Or, you know, this woman does vehicle wraps and tents and stuff. Like, go talk to her. Like, it seems like such a small insular community, but you really shouldn't be afraid to reach out and... You know. No, and really, most, I mean, the worst thing that they're going to say is, hey, man, I'm a little busy. I don't really got time yeah. for that. Exactly. But, like, most people are really cool. Like, everybody I've reached out to is, like, he was super excited, which, like, I was like, this guy's on, like, Forge and Fire. And, like, uh, that's what I was just thinking to myself. And I was like, this guy must be, like, he doesn't got time for me. He's, but, I mean, honestly, we spent eight hours down there. And then the next time I dropped <laughs> off something to him, I was just supposed to drop it off. We spent eight hours talking. Oh, and I'm chilling. like, I yeah. ruined my day. Yeah, right. I just yeah. got nothing done besides <laughs> get home just talking. Seven o'clock at you night. Got Sixteen like, hours and a knife he didn't even build. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> so also a cool thing about like what I do is when I rebranded to Brocket Bill, yeah. it's like it covers anything. That's Sorry. the eighty pulling up. Okay. All right. I thought the garage door was going to go up for a second, but no. I forgot there's no power on there's it. There's not. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it kind of encompasses anything I want to build. Like if I want to build knives, like I was doing Christmas presents a couple weeks or I mean, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And behind me, I got a spatula. Yeah, it's cool. See that? Yeah. Those are yours? Yep. The, Made uh, a spatula <laughs> for my, my best friend out, uh, Justin. <laughs> They're so great. They're great. That is, it's that super is heavy duty. And I was like, that's right. a, that's a lifetime spatula. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's Awesome. Are you selling those now? Yep. Yep. Forty five bucks a piece. So I, I saw there was a there's a bottle opener. There's some other cool little. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple gadgets. I mean, I've made like uh, titanium lotus flowers. 
I mean, if I had a table that could cut, what, I mean, you know me. I make stickers yeah. about you all the time, yeah. so I would probably make your head yeah. on, on a bottle opener. On a plasma opener. cutter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yes. I may have to talk to you about maybe doing a contract of a couple for the Patreon. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the, other, the biggest question I have about that is how many other History Channel contestants live in the Peoria area? Mm-hmm. Mm. Makes, me, makes me wonder. I would think if somebody had been on the History Channel was doing that Forge and Fire, it would have been like in the news. You would have been like, hey. Yeah, you know, he... I mean, I think he's really well known in the knife community, okay. but um, locally, I mean, uh, he he's involved in the community. He owns three hundred nine CrossFit Gym, so actually, he does a lot of stuff with uh, Parkinson's patients. Oh, he cool. does um, uh, like boxing, boxing classes. So you know, Parkinson patients. I mean, tomorrow is always going to be worse. Yeah. So it's like that's really I think what his pride and joy is besides his kids. That's cool. Is doing that in the. The blacksmithing, making knives, is kind of a couple of days a week, a side thing. Yeah, that's impressive. That's awesome. Yeah, congrats, congrats for you uh, being able to, to get that out there, and eventually, folks will be able to find that on your uh, on your site. And we'll we'll shout out a couple times, but right out the gate, before folks kind of get the whole you know uh, the, the full Marcus Brockett experience, where can folks find you? So you can find me on. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all at Brocket Built. And that's Brocket with two T's, B-R-O-C-K-E-T-T. Um, right on, right on. So yeah. yeah, you'll see the B logo. It's it's uh, once you see it once on Instagram and tick, you'll you'll know. Yeah. Just subscribe to everything. I mean, you do a really good job with that stuff. I mean, I try. It's a uh, it's a lot of work, but it, I know, I know it is. that's the only way I've actually grown and got even local work is through just pushing social media. Yeah, but you've been. I, I know how it is at the dealership. I, I try and do like a little post every day, but I, I don't put any production at all into it. I'll just do a quick story, mm-hmm. something like that. But the, some of the stuff you put out, I'm like, man. And obviously, you're selling a product, so you know you're you're put. You can't have a a lackluster advertisement, right? So you really put some time in that stuff. And, Thank and you. It, and, it, and it's practice too. Practice makes perfect. The more you do them, the better you get, right? Yeah, and I mean, uh, it, it's uh, it's definitely a task just to you know make a couple of video and then yeah. sitting there and you're like, Oh, I got to Oh, I got to I should take a video of this. Yeah. Oh, I should take a video of this. And then you're like 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, I need to get back to work. Actually and I, and I gotta, welding. And I, gotta I gotta actually do this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Ed- and then somebody sucks. messaged you and you're like, Oh, dang it. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked I up that phone. Exactly. It's, it, but it's a different skill set, and that probably, it's like a muscle, right? It's like, Oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to work this, this one here for a little bit. Yep. Go back to what I was working on before. So switching gears, that's got to be difficult, but you manage it all very well. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll get into the origin story here in a minute. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric, do you want to just rip through some of the <laughs> news highlights? I put, of the I put one news article down, and I don't know what – I mean, I know Marcus hates EVs, and uh, he'll, maybe we'll talk about that when we talk about the pre-show. <laughs> we talked about that fabulous pre-show. Hate's uh, a strong word. Yeah, Tell but uh, really yeah, we do have like... one article in the, <laughs> the news <laughs> – and I, I couldn't resist. It's not. It's not EV related. Thank God. Oh. Yeah. VW vehicles to converse with drivers via Chat GT by mid year. This this could be nothing but great, right? Volkswagen's voice assistant integrating Chat GPT into all of its cars will be able to converse with its users in a back and forth dialogue by the middle of the year. The carmaker said on Monday as it presented the technology in Las Vegas, Volkswagen presented its first vehicles featuring chat GPT to be available to customers in North. This is the same thing twice over. Whoever edited this for Reuters did a terrible job. It for was me. AI I'm that did it. <laughs> it probably <laughs> yeah, is. It's probably a six fingered AI uh, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> wrote this. Anyway, it was at CES, the Electronic Trade Fair. And uh, I think that this is uh, foreboding and crazy. And uh, pretty soon AI will be judging the way you drive. ChatGPT will be saying, oh, uh, you're going a little fast into this turn. Oh, you're getting too close to the edge of the road. It's going to be like a backseat driver. Probably. Yeah. It'll just, it'll just adjust things and be like your radar cruise, you know, mm-hmm. reducing power. That takeoff was a little too fast. Yeah. Honestly, for instruction, would not be bad. I mean, have you ever sat with somebody that, that like, okay, keep going, don't lift, don't lift, don't lift, don't lift. Okay, break, 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 break. That, that's okay. I could where see that. I, and, where I could see it because and, that's you, a, you don't have to risk your life by instructing somebody too. You can let a computer die exactly. Or driver's ed. You can have a driver's ed teacher. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, look left, look right, look left again. Oh, t bone. <laughs> Without having the collateral damage. That no. was a red light. <laughs> Game out. over. Wah, wah, wah. No, I, I can see some instances of that. That Actually, on an autocross course? Yeah, that would be. Oh, that would I be. mean, any instruction. I mean, at that point, with the auto steering, I could just take my hands off the wheel, right? And let it, uh, let it go. Let it rip. Recalculating. Recalculating. <laughs> now, CES, I forgot that's going on right now. So that's the big whiz-bang thing. Yeah. And anything chat, GPT, or AI, I mean... I'm sure if at CES, there's probably a Vitamix blender that has ChatGPT enabled in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's goofy now. It's such a buzzword, yeah. the fact that automakers are going to try to shoehorn that in there. For a while, it wasn't Toyota using Alexa on their... Uh, oh, yeah. But that, I mean, that's just Amazon integration is all it is. I know. Yeah. But it's just like flavor du jour, flavor of the month. Uh, what is that? Hyundai announced that you can uh, order through Amazon. Is that... Oh, the, I don't know. There might be an app on the uh, radio. Great, great. I think you can order a lot of cornflakes. Yeah. Send me a box of cornflakes. Yeah. Hey Alexa, I need a new Hyundai Kona. <laughs> That's so bizarre. <laughs> hey Hyundai. Or, <laughs> hey Alexa, my Hyundai's on fire. Order me a new one. Call the fire department. You remember what was it? It was four or five years ago. There was the woman whose son it was like an infant son. He was like two or something. Toddler went in and like back the car up or something right or no i was go- i was going with the amazon like he went and ordered like i think i remember that a one pallet of like candy mm-hmm. or something or yeah. applesauce or something like i want a snack you know reordering and it's just like a goldfish truck shows up out front um <laughs> that'll happen with something car related probably you're kind of are you a tech nerd i used to be when i was younger now i kind of despise it i'd rather work with my hands but i mean i kind of i mean you well, have I mean, to, I mean, social media. I'm looking at your MacBook attached to your cutting table, so you got to, I mean, you probably AutoCAD and all that stuff. A little bit. I use Fusion 360. I'm terrible at it. Really? But I get the job done, and it if works. I don't, I know people. <laughs> yeah, it's got a community of support out there. Right? Yeah, I got a lot of buddies that were uh, Bradley engineers, including my brother. So Sandy? Yeah. That's still, I, I, but I respect that, though. You're kind of a renaissance man. Like, been there, done that. You get more joy and more satisfaction out of building something with your hands and yeah, tools. Yeah, I really do. But unfortunately, some of that stuff requires yeah, a little bit I of mean, tech, right? Honestly, now now it is. I mean, all my new stuff is getting 3D scanned Yeah. after yeah. I build it. And then from there, it's getting reverse engineered, modeled, and 3D printed for jigs. So it's like, that's nothing I do. That's all outsourced. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, as as we said before, I met Marcus first at the SCCA event. He pulled up in that cool Lexus, and uh, I had no idea what was going on with this guy other than he was, he was driving a, a cool, cool wagon. That's but, all you uh, need. But since then, I, I, we, we we met up, and we, we met each other at the dealership because you owned a Tundra. 
which at that time you start I started seeing the exhaust work and stuff like that. I started following you on social media. I'm like, oh man, this guy's got it going on, and uh, it's continued. and 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 I've watched on all the social media. I've watched it kind of grow in. Uh, to a full-blown business to the point now where this is like this is your full-time job it is so uh we talked a little bit earlier about like vocational and coming up um and i thought man this guy probably been a car nerd since he was a little kid but that wasn't even the case i mean when you were little you didn't dream of doing this stuff right i really didn't so it's like um first thought of my cars it was uh need for speed most wanted (laughs) so playstation 2 nice Nice. Mom got it for me for Christmas <laughs> and uh, fell in love with that. I mean, I think I had a RX-7 on that that was black with a big old purple rose decal, and that's what I did on every car. <laughs> that was your theme? That was my theme. It was yeah. like, oh, you got to bring that back. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that was it. So from there, yeah, it's uh, it grew more and more in cars, and then, and then the Toyota Celica popped up. So, uh, do you have like friends? Do you network and play that, or was this just something you just kind of insular at home playing by yourself? Yeah, that was just me and my brother playing. Okay. And then, and then the Celica, the the GT4 type Celica. Yep. So, I think I was just walking around. I used to skateboard all the time, so walking around and uh, saw a Celica, and I'm like, oh man, that's the car I want when I when I start to drive. And, and uh, from there, it kind of just it just grew and learned more about cars and then actually um when i was 15 i got my permit license just like everybody else but sure. um but my it wasn't my stepdad at the time but he had a uh a 2007 uh c6 corvette i think it's 2007 2009 somewhere around there mm, i can't um, argue i can't talk he had a c6 corvette as manual and like just kind of meeting this guy he was like hey why don't you hop in hop in and drive. And I was like, what? You want me to drive your your Corvette? It's <laughs> like, I just got my permit. So we went for a drive, and from then on, it was just kind of like, holy cow, like, this thing is mean. Yeah. This is amazing. This yeah. feeling. Totally jittery, different from... Jittery, uh, mm-hmm. just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is uh, an amazing feeling. And from then, it was really like, okay, I like cars. <laughs> This is where I want But I be. don't like American cars. Yeah. yeah. I like the imports. Yeah. 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 All the JDM stuff. So, uh, and, and you went to Limestone High School? I did. Okay. And Limestone is a catch-all for everything, like, in the southwest of Peoria County. It's, you know, outside of Peoria, right? Yep. So, like, Bartonville. Um, I guess majority Bartonville. Uh, is good. Nor- Glass- Glass- Glassford? Uh, nope. I think that's... Uh, was that I? Uh, I don't know what that is out there. Or, that's yeah, okay. something else. No, so so coming up though. I mean, did you come from a, a family that did things with their hands mechanically, kind of into cars or mechanical stuff at all? Um, or nope, not really. Not at all. My parents were divorced and uh, at a young age, so it's like it was just me, my mom, and my brother. And so pretty much, I was the uh, the hands on that had to fix things, figure stuff out. So I think that's why I learned I had to do everything. Mm-hmm. I had to mow. I had to take care of my brother like white mom wor- worked mm-hmm. so it was like all that just i think i i already had to know how to do everything so it was easy to just be able to just do things when i wanted to sure mm-hmm. kind of push through just like oh yep yeah, this has to get done were you into bikes at all um i did have a uh, cbr 600 yeah when i was 18 yeah younger stuff yeah 
That sounds fun. 600's the bigger bike, isn't it? I mean, I mean, that's plenty of power, isn't it? It is. I mean, for me, it was. Yeah. It was my first, like, crotch rocket. And for an 18-year-old, yeah, that's yeah. pretty <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was uh, do okay. extremely yeah. dumb on okay. it. Okay. That's why I got rid of it. <laughs> I used to go down 24, because when we lived south of Pekin, um, you go down 24, and you see kids just doing wheelies for miles. And it, it, that, that was me. That's probably him. <laughs> that's probably young Marcus. That was young Marcus. Yeah, I'm just like, somebody's going to die, and I want to get away from this scene right now. So <laughs> Yeah, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a vocational. Actually, I, we talked about this. Uh, I, I, I got to stop. It's a bad bad habit. Sorry. But um, off air, actually, outside the, the pre-show, we we deal a lot with vocational school at my dealership. I deal with Pekin High School, but also Metamora has a great program. But we, I have gotten kids from Limestone as well. I mean, the vocational program is very strong over here. And is it is it like everything? Do they do all different types of things like Pekin or... Did, did you uh, fall so, into anything? So uh, Limestone's um, welding is phenomenal. Like Chain Seals, the instructor, is uh, kind of what inspired me to actually get into welding. Um, well, not get into it, but continue it. Like, phenomenal teacher. Was he? Mm-hmm. Did he only work in vocational, or did he do other stuff? Too? So he... He, uh, I think it's mostly vocational. Okay. So he's an instructor. He used to be an instructor out at ICC as well. Okay. But I think he's strictly just. I know my vocational center. teachers when I was in high school, they would do like other things and then they'd come out to the shop and do like small engines with us and stuff like that. So we all had, at Limestone, we had separate teachers for Did like, you? uh, the automotive side of things or okay. woodworking. Woodwork, metal. Did you take metal fabrication? Yep. Metal so shop? like the first, like as a freshman, you can only take like, it's a welder welding and uh like wood shop half and half a freshman they would let you do that i mean we we got drafting and and maybe like sanding wood i mean you weren't allowed (laughs) to touch anything with power tools or lathes or anything like that yep so that's actually uh that's what inspired me to keep on going it's actually where i started so so that hook you got hooked early on i got hooked um they have a lot of programs on like uh all the different types of of welding um then then you have like welding contests so there's huge contests that like all the kids look forward to so as a student you're like oh we have aws which is uh nationwide and aws is a a welding standard so they have their own like system so the work workforce uh it's their standard so that could you do four years of welding so yeah i mean technically i mean half of the year was wood shop okay then the other half was welding. But I guess like three and a half years. And for me, my senior year was like welding, 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 <laughs> English study hall, welding. But, but it pays off because by the time you're out of school, you graduate, you've got enough experience to be able to kind of be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I in, in high school, it's like uh, my senior year, I did uh, – you take half the day off, or like you go work. I forgot what that's called. Oh, um, um, well, I do it at the dealership. I should know what it's called, but uh, it'll come to me in the middle yeah. of the show. But either I way, I uh, end up working for uh, Peoria Custom Cookers over in Pekin. Um, it's right behind that Casey's, right in the corner, um, going towards like where Planet X was. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, so back there in those Morton buildings. Yep, so yeah, okay. he built custom smokers. Okay. And so for there, seriously, I yep. right there in Pekin, yep. I think they did the ones for Poor Brothers or not Poor Brothers, uh, Slow Hand. So big ones, yep. big, yeah, they're huge, huge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. huge. So right. actually, you have to like your welds have to look nice. That's the only way you get on there. So I went and worked there for nine bucks an hour, 
uh, <laughs> and you were in what, high 18? school. And you, uh, and you was, drove over from Bartonville every day? Yep, I was 17 Jeez. doing it. And uh, yeah, that's actually my first job. But after that, I mean, you, you get out of that. I mean, I was making always 16 at least an hour right out of high school, yeah. any manufacturing place in the area. So like Morton Industries, I mean, there's all the Caterpillar uh, runoffs. So obviously, you know, you're taught everything in the vocational school, set you up with that, but do they do they bring in people to to do like job fair type stuff or do you so have to go I, out and train? Or? So I never saw any of that when, like in high school. It was mostly like, this is what, I mean, I guess there was like, this is the standard. Everything's like, mm-hmm. everything's almost MIG, the MIG process. And if you don't know what that is, it's the uh, wire fed. Okay. And that's it's like the coloring pretty much. The, like the Hobart over yep. there? Yep. And that's that's what we use at the dealership. We're doing exhaust work and stuff like that. Yep. So that would be the MIG process. And that's kind of like the standard for um, production things. So like what Caterpillar uses, what Komatsu uses, um, really any, any production style mm-hmm. for like mild steel i guess it with the more advances i mean we do stainless aluminum but around in the pure area it's mostly um mild steel stuff so and you probably can't specifically speak to this but like would they bring in like would they just grab all the welders they can get a caterpillar and just like weed out the the good ones and like just cut people off or i mean do or do they actively train them and make them better if you take a job like that at caterpillar so most time i mean initially i mean you have a weld test. So you go in, they would have like either blueprint set up or something already tacked together. And really this skill level for most entry welder level or entry level welders is pretty low. Um, so as long as you can like somewhat read a blueprint and then somewhat weld, they'll hire you. Mm-hmm. But like people that can actually like put something together, read a blueprint properly and assemble it properly, then weld it out properly. It's like, it's a, it's a good, it's good, good skill to have and good pay. True. You think about all those different industries that rely on on good clean wells. I mean, things I wouldn't even have thought of. You know, healthcare in terms of uh, some of the specialized equipment that's out there or yep, facility exactly. maintenance. Um, the 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 beverage industry, uh, huge. If you can do stainless welding, things I didn't oh, really? even realize that until my brother, you know, my youngest brother's a brewer. Um, and he's like, yeah, like that stainless welders are always in demand. And they're, yep. I've like, done a couple of jobs for the, uh, when, uh, black band distillery downtown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he, because he didn't buy the, um, all the equipment, he kind of like pieced it together. There was a couple pieces that he didn't have me and, uh, my buddy Seth went down there and, and fit everything up. That's like a different type too, a different certs is it like food grade or something uh yeah so it's a different type of stainless so it's 316 stainless um it just considered food grade and then you would have to back purge which would be you're filling the the inside with argon as well as the outside so you're not getting like sugary sugar which is like a corrosive okay so it's not going to rust from day one yep as you're putting it together and also it's a like a different process so like usually on that type of weld, it's called a autogenitagus. It's very hard to say. Science. <laughs> Words. Uh, it's a type of welding where you don't, uh, the, the, there's really no gap. And so you can fuse it. And so if adding filler to it, you just, uh, you can just fuse it. Interesting. 
So, so you got this background, obviously come out of high school, you're, you know, you, you're good at what you're doing. You obviously understand the ins and outs of it. You got a, you got a job right out of school or during school. Is it something that you thought when you were 18, 19, like, Hey, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm just going to be a professional welder. I'm going to get certified and just kind of work in manufacturing or something like that. Or did you have other aspirations? So out of high school, um, I had no clue what I wanted to do, but <laughs> I had a, a club. Yeah. I had a kid at 17. Oh, wow. So it, for me, it was just work provide. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, from there it's like just kind of bounced around from job to job, uh, in the welding. But like at some point it was like, I mean, long down the road, seven, eight years. I, uh, I mean, there's always, uh, the strive for greatness so to do more is there was there any back back flack from the like vocational people or the counselors that like oh you're not on college prep you know you're really putting yourself in one direction here what if you don't like this what if this doesn't succeed or was, uh, that, was that never even a conversation it wasn't even a conversation like welding for me was very naturally like i was very naturally talented at it and so it's like mm-hmm. when we would do the like weld contest and it's like there's four of us that like kind of changed uh limestones uh there's contests and so usually east peoria won every year in all these contests well beginning my freshman year we won every year and now i think they're like 13 or 14 years running yep straight nice (laughs) and so it was like uh my class that started that so there was like a bunch of good guys same instructor out there right now yep and is he younger guy is he gonna be there for a while uh, he should be there for a while. I mean, what's his name again? Shane Seals. Shane Seals. Okay. Yep. So, um, do you st- so do you talk to has, instructors or do you talk to him? Still? I see him here and there. I haven't talked to him lately, but I mean, he breeds, he breeds welders. Okay. Their, their program is phenomenal. And then from there they recommend to go to ICC, which, um, phenomenal, phenomenal welding, uh, instruction out there. And then it's ran with, uh, one of the, Shane Seals' students. He was a couple years above me, Jeff Joes. So what would be the – so obviously high school is just like anything. High school is yep. one level of education. College should be a higher level. Uh, what would you be learning at the college level so over you, the high school? So high school is pretty much entry level of arc welding, MIG welding, TIG welding, just a little bit of TIG. And then you got different levels like one, two, three, let's say. So you pretty much touched basis. I mean – classes are 50 minutes a piece sure. it's like you're well that you're instructing 20 plus students so you, you go from that aspect you're doing it for three four years you get a hang but you don't get a like deep dive into everything now when you go out to icc you have the same thing but there's more processes you're using them in different ways i mean i think even icc has a a welding art class so you pretty much you're doing art but you're using different types of processes to like sculpture and stuff yep, just yeah. to achieve that huh. um because i mean we probably all know preston jackson mm-hmm. yep yeah famous artist in the area i mean a lot of his sculptures are welded oh didn't even know that stainless. I, I knew he did the bronze stuff he does the bronze which is another oh you know what though he did, so there's like a sculpture down on the river walk yep of the, uh, the the woman holding the the uh oh shoot the candle thing what yeah, like she's waiting for someone to come back or something. Well, she, I think she's like has a kid in tow or something like that. But yep. It's like it's like a slavery thing or something. And like then that. also on that's the, stainless, it's yeah, beautiful. Yep. And also on the south side of the uh, civic center, it's like 
80, 90 feet tall. That's his? He's a sculpture, yep. Super talented. I had no idea that he could do that. Okay. Yep. Wow. He's a great guitar player, too. Yeah. He's a great jazz guitarist. Like, nobody... He's a, actually, he was he's, probably a good guy to have on. He's a huge car enthusiast, too. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I kind of grew up around him. We can get guys like you. I don't think we can get Preston. <laughs> I used to enjoy, I used to produce Preston's a jazz show nice. he was on, so I I knew him. He was super cool, super cool dude. So as a, as a kid in high school who can weld, you had to have the best exhaust on on your car. As I a kid, honestly right? I I wish I did. I dreamed about having a nice car. I had a '97 uh, Dodge Neon. All right, that's the pinnacle of automotive excellence, right there. Did yep. it rust out? It was completely rusted. <laughs> How much you pay for it? Five hundred bucks. Nice. It's a lot of money back then. It had a very nice stereo system in it, though. It yeah. probably had a fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> three grand in the stereo. Five hundred. Not a, not a car. cherry bomb, though. Come on, man. No, didn't even didn't even think about doing exhaust then. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, you were sixteen. You got that was your first car. Yeah. Uh, but when did you start working on your own stuff as far as uh, exhaust and stuff like that, or did you ever when you were in high school? So in high school, no. I mean, I did my own maintenance, but. Uh, and then I didn't even get my second car until after high school. So how do you make that leap uh, from growing up video games, being kind of interested in cars? You get some skills under your belt then. When, when, does the, when does the magic start happening where you're like, you know what, I've got some ideas. I'm going to start fabbing some parts. So fast forward uh, from high school, I guess, eight, nine years. Then it's like I have the uh, IS-300 and that's okay. really where the fabrication took place. Really? Yep. That was really the car that I first started doing fabrication work. For- like actually like not just like a, a quick fix or it was something that like, oh, I'm going to design this. I'm going to mock it up and then I'm going to build it. And then from there, it's like I was able to actually sell that product, that same product. Wow. So for seven, eight years before that, you were just basically doing a day job welding then? Uh, Yep. I did a day job until... I guess until I got tired of um, bouncing around from, it's kind of sad in the in the area as a welder. Um, anything that feeds into Caterpillar, mm-hmm. pretty much, it's like you get you get hired on as a temp, and okay. being somebody that's young, eighteen to twenty five years old. I mean, maybe maybe it's changed. I haven't worked in that industry in the manufacturing side of things. It's like a under lot of Caterpillar. satellite businesses that feed into Caterpillar. And so, yep. yep. So it's like you get hired as a temp. So then you got like three months or nine months or 90 days of like zero insurance, low pay. And then most of the time within that three months, they'll, they'll weigh you off. And so you get hired on, you work, you bust your balls mm-hmm. and then you, and then you, get weight off and you're hoping that maybe they'll bring you back as a full-time at some point yep yep and it kind of depends on caterpillar's workflow because i mean it when they're hiring they'll hire 15 20 people at a time and then they might keep one or two and then you just kind of bounce around from shop to shop and that's kind of what i did for about five or six years that's gonna be brutal so you have a family young young family and just just trying to do that and not all of us that. I mean, I was yeah. immature. I mean, you mess around. Sure. And, oh, dude, I can't and it's imagine. Like the the <laughs> you pranks we pulled. It's like you you go from weld shop to yeah. like working with eight of your buddies yeah. at a full time job on third shift. It's like 
little difference. There's a little bit of horseplay. I, I run a shop of twenty year olds. Believe me, I know. Yeah. What's the What's the big welding prank where you, you fill a bag with something and they hit it and it explodes? Oh what yeah, is, so you can fill it with like argon or um, <laughs> some other inert gas. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've and seen, just wait for a spark to happen and then pop. I've seen a, a, a few videos of that where I'm like, that would probably give me a heart attack right then and there. But every welder I've talked to, like, yeah, that that's that. Our, our initiation in the shop used to be you'd have a, a coolant jug and you just hook an airline up to it, oh. tape the living crap out of it, and then release it and just set it beside a guy and just walk away. And the explosions, I mean, people from up front would be like, what happened back here? <laughs> <laughs> you have a guy wiping the poop out of his pants back there, you know. Yeah, code brown. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so, you, so you do that for a while. And as the IS, I mean, obviously being a car guy, IS 300 or... Uh, you know the IS cars were pretty hot back in the day, but the wagon is pretty neat. Is that something that you always wanted, or is it uh, a, just a daily you thought was cool to have, or was it a second car? What was? So I was uh, looking for my next car, project car, just another daily, and uh, my stepdad told me about. I'm a big Toyota fan, so it's like I want something Toyota, no yeah. matter what. And he's always pushing like BMW or some other odd car <laughs> and i'm like, odd expensive that, car. <laughs> for me it's like i don't want what everybody else has i always want the oddball something that's unique and so uh he ended up pushing he said that there was a wagon a lexus wagon and i'm like what so the i300 i knew it locally there was a couple guys that tuned them and stuff uh just the og cars and coffee guys actually mm-hmm. um and so i found out there was a wagon version and so my eyes were i mean i couldn't stop yeah i got obsessed you're up there at like two in the morning on eBay bidding on stuff. Yeah, yeah, just nonstop researching everything. What? Okay, if I do this, what do I need? Do I need to go Nat or do I need to do a Risto swap? So it was like, do I want to do big single turbo, keep top stock twins? Cut so, the hood open. Yep. What did I want to do? So manual swap was the priority the on number that one. one. Yep. Were those ever available from the factory of the manual? No, they weren't. No, Not the wagons. The yeah, wagons. The sedans were. And that and that was kind of, I, I would say it was probably probably 60% of those when they were first sold were manuals, weren't they? Um, I don't know. They're so hard to find. Originally, like the original three mm-hmm. liters, there was a lot of manuals. And they even had cool colors. But they, they turned more into like a, I don't know, like a college kid car. It, it is definitely like. The second, third owner, really. It's the four-door Supra. So yeah. it's yeah. like the cheap, cheap version. It's in a the back seat on those first ones. I thought this would be great. It'd be a good family car. We took it's one in so the tiny. Oh, it is. It's so tiny. <laughs> it's really even. Yeah. Even the wagon was tiny. Was like, it the sitting in the back seat? Because it's like for me, tall. It's like my seats always all over the car back. seats. It's fine. Yeah, car, car seats fine. <laughs> Just as long as your kids don't have uh, legs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you 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 pick this thing up, and then instantly, do you, did you drive it around a bit? And you're like, hey, I'm I kind of found some some tweaks I want to make to this or. Uh, you know what was what was kind of the first moment where you're like, okay, now we're we're doing this. Okay, so once I found one, which took about six months, I needed white exterior, black interior. Couldn't, okay, couldn't find anything, and then uh, finally one popped up. I sent him a message, offered a price. He uh, he actually agreed right to it, and I was like, okay, let's might take it to a Lexus or Toyota dealership. Let's get a service on it. Let's get an inspection. Mm. And located in uh, Orlando, so end up flying down there with a wife. And, nice uh, little Florida little, getaway. Yeah, 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 without the kids. <laughs> and uh, 
and end up driving it back and uh, had a couple issues after driving it extremely hard through the mountains. Cats got clogged up, had to uh, pull over to an O'Reilly's and uh, unbolt the exhaust, beat out the cats right there in the parking lot. A roadside cat delete. It's a little little honeycomb laying on the road. I guess that was my first uh, official cat delete. First mod. Yeah, it's a good one. And then uh, then drove the rest back all the way to Illinois. How'd it run? I mean, after the cat delete, I mean, it it ran like a top. (laughs) So there's some... And it sounded a whole lot better. I'm I'll sure it, it did. Yeah. I bet it did. Yeah. So opportunities to improve right then and there. Was your wife on the side of the road with you like, this is never going to work. We need to call a service center or something like that. Or does uh, she trust you? No, she trusts me, oh, especially okay. with the automotive stuff. Yeah. That would not Somewhat. I think, I think in the back of her head, she's like, this guy just has no clue what he's doing. <laughs> why is he Why is he jacking up the car and unbolting an exhaust? Something's wrong with the engine. I'm going to need a two-foot pry engine. bar. I, can... <laughs> I actually use the, uh, the jack handle. <laughs> To beat out the exhaust. The There's cats. something to that, though, isn't it? So like, it wasn't the primary cats. It was the third cat. So in the Y pipe, there's oh, a yeah. third cat. Yeah. So that's what I actually end up beating out. Not because the primary cats are in the headers. It's like, so it's built like, in. It's like your so, Tundra. You have two on the manifold, and then yep. there's usually a third one, yeah. The manaverter, yeah. yep. whatever they so call it. Was, it. Uh, it was a third cat is what <laughs> You were lucky clock. then, yeah. Yep. And actually, my, my top two were fine. I mean, Yeah, I the chances the of one of those of being ownership. bad, I mean, versus the other, they would be evenly worn. Yep. Yeah, so who knows what that guy did. He might have burned something through there, you know, yep. run some high-octane fuel or something to melt mm-hmm. it, who knows. So, But the uh, IS-300 was uh, the pinnacle of Brocket built. So it was the first first product actually. So I built the Y pipe off that. And um a bigger Y pipe to to handle um you know more horsepower or uh, something or okay. It was more of uh I bought an ex- a cat back and decided that I needed a Y pipe as well. There was nothing on the market um that was decent. So there was hundreds of I mean not hundreds, probably 20 or 30 cat backs that were very reputable. And uh, the Y pipes were lacking, so I ended up building my own, and then posted up on the Ice Three Hundred Facebook pages, and then from there it like, hey, could you build me one? Hmm. And I'm like, well, I guess I could build I could build another one, and then from there, I just kept building them, building them, and then like, yeah, that that, became that first your year, thing. I mean, I probably I probably built fifty. It's a good amount. Yeah. Just for something that, On the oh, side. by the way, yeah. yeah. What were you building them out of? Just regular mandrel bent steel or? Yeah. So, I mean, I uh, I mean, in the beginning, I think I just bought like stuff off Amazon, some elbows off Amazon, some steel, I mean, stainless off Amazon. Wow. Yep. I think that's kind of, I still have the original one in the. Uh, the prototype? Yep. The I pilot? The, <laughs> I have the prototype uh, actually in the shipping container. Really? Really? I'll have to show it to Do you. Do you bring it out every once in a while and just remember me? I thought about, I need to hang it on the wall, so. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It's like your origin story. It's like, it a do, it's like the dollar bill in a business, right? Yep. Yeah. You just, I don't have one of them. First, I spent that. It was probably a PayPal. It's PayPal virtual currency. <laughs> it, yeah, it was actually everything through PayPal the yeah. first year. And then I was like, well, maybe I should uh, get a LLC. And I was like, uh, I don't want to do all that. Yeah. But it's actually really easy to do. You just. So anybody that's thinking about... We've been talking about doing it for the show, up. believe it or not. So yeah. And LLC is definitely the way to go. So I don't want to pay taxes. 
<laughs> yeah, there's the whole thing. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The first year you you knock fifty of these and you're shipping them left and right. I'm assuming all over the country. Yep. Uh, any international customers? I get a lot from Australia. Actually, I mean, I probably sold thirty, forty to Australia. Yeah. Not that first year, but now I'm I'm gonna say we're probably three, four hundred awesome. white pipes out. Is there any favorable currency transactions where, like, some people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy from you in the States because it's a better deal because the dollar is weaker um, than my currency or anything like that? Honestly, it's like I've had a couple in Canada, a couple in the U.K., mm-hmm. and then a bunch in Australia. Car culture is huge down there, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Toyota. And probably, probably with Japanese cars, too. But, yeah. but mm-hmm. also over in, like, the U.K., Europe area, it's like uh, it's the it's the toyota alteza so it's got a different motor it's actually got the 3gs 3gst uh, you it's got the beams. i need jake irish here too like, it, it has the uh, yeah, exactly. it has the beams motor in it okay. and so actually that one's actually all-wheel drive Ooh. and so we didn't get that here we did not no cool we got we, we just got get screwed with all-wheel drive twitter twitter is not like bringing the all-wheel drive vehicles this but States now for i mean reason. now we can import them yeah yeah, Actually, but they're all 25 years old, and then, you know... It, next year, I think we can we can do the Altezas. And all of them have timing belts, and they all leak, and there's going to be, you know, you got to remain seals. If you don't have the uh, stomach to start replacing every seal in these things mm-hmm. and every rubber bushing, uh, you probably should just stay away from all that 25-year-old yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah you got to kind of know what you're doing. But yeah. at the same time, that platform is, is very unique. It's very special. And I, I'd imagine the folks who maintain stuff like that or make parts for those are also very special because you can't just you can't just go on Amazon and be like, yeah, I'm going to order something, uh, you know, catback system for this. Although the aftermarket support for things, it seems like 10 years. Anything older than 10 years, you start mm-hmm. getting to that, that Honestly, cost. Honestly, that's where I've uh, kind of thrived is the older vehicles. So I went from the i300 um, to, to the GX platform. And it's like really, really well. So uh, getting back to black band though, I mean, cause this really interests me. It'd be one thing to stay focused all the time. And like, yeah, I'm just doing these exhausts. I'm gonna make a little assembly line here. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. that side hustle. Exactly. But, but for somebody to say, I'm going to do food grade and know how to do all this stuff. Is that part of your education or is this because you constantly are like, are you, are you keeping on top of other ways to weld? And so I think it's just the skill level. It's like, you start out like for me, it's like, I faked it till I made it. And like, if somebody off, like when I was working full time and then working 20 hours a week on the side doing like my exhaust or like muffler deletes, it's like somebody had hit me up or find out like word of mouth that like I'm a welder in the area. So it's like black band hit us up and, um, but there's lots of welders in the area, right? I mean, they yeah, can, I mean, can, there's, there's a, a lot, a lot of talent in Peoria area, yeah, but, and a the, lot of hidden town for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Black band is a beautiful facility. I would call it, it's a Chicago type restaurant in downtown Peoria. It's one just, of the best in the area. It's very, yeah. very nice. And, and the look is just as important as the food and everything else there. So startup distillery that opened in like 2020, like I, I feel bad cause they, the the was, timing of that was really it was really rough when yeah. when we were going down there actually what saved him is um during covid he started distilling uh hand, hand sanitizer, sanitizer. <laughs> yep and honestly that's what saved him i mean you get i mean i don't know what the budget or what he put into that actually he owns uh, all the jimmy johns in the area too okay yeah, um, yeah he's, he's, i don't know if all of them but 
Bradley yeah. downtown. I was going to say, I have there's one, a bunch of them. A guy who owns a couple of Toyotas, he owns a couple of Jimmy Johns. Because like, they all started in Champaign, Illinois. That's where the mm-hmm. start of it is. So, anyway. But, yeah, but just getting back to just that skill, like, he was like, can you do it? And I'm like, well, I can weld stainless. I'll just watch a couple of videos and <laughs> and uh, see what's, like, standard. Yeah. And so from there, it's like watching videos, um, practicing. Like, I didn't start out just doing distillery-style welds. So sure. It was like, there you was, you there work was a, up to it. I mean, I, from at that point, I mean, I I was welding seven, eight years already. But already in this industry and also welding every day as my day like my day job yeah you're nine to five and it's like i'm i know what i'm doing so it's like i just kind of transfer that knowledge into like a different different style but you actually in speaking of style i mean everything you do has actually an artistic look to it too i mean is that to me that seems to be part of your trademark everything you do has a look is that yeah so aesthetics are pretty big to me i mean you see the shop so yeah. Uh and that was also like the the fake it to make it like mentality is like um I I am kind of a creative person here and there. Um not always. Sometimes it's just like head down grind. Sure. But when I get a chance it's like I get to build knives or spatulas or <laughs> I mean, I have a couple art pieces inside that I've built metal and like driftwood. I mean, just kind of whatever I think of mm-hmm. yeah. so you dabble in it's yeah it's just it's an it's a different medium but it's still expressing you know some sort of creativity and also mm-hmm. making something functional that's what I that's what I always respect is whenever somebody who fabricates for for a living or for a hobby they're taking pieces raw materials and at the end of it here's something you can actually use whether it's to look at whether it's to make something run sound better faster gain more horsepower or just fix some engineering problems yeah i i find that fascinating it's that's when i walked in here too besides the honeycomb lights and the ceiling and the the just the the wonderful shop that you've got laid out here is the stuff that you're working on you're you're using stainless you're using titanium you're using i mean some specialized equipment to i mean it's not just like a couple of blobs on some you know harbor freight equipment i mean you're you're the real deal how did you get involved with different types of materials like like the stainless and titanium because not everybody has that in their arsenal yeah so i mean basic welding is mostly mild steel so from there the way that you can step it up is do exotic metals and stainless titanium in canal i mean i mean there's so many i mean you cast repair it's like you kind of just jump into it and you get to play with it and you're like, well, that didn't work. Oh, well that didn't work. I'll adjust these settings and you're tinkering. Like you're, you're playing with the machine. You're trying to figure it out the best way to do it. And it's like, for me, I want to be the best at it. So it's like, I'm going to tinker a lot. I'm going to dial in the settings. I'm going to listen for that noise that the welder makes. And it's like, um, when you do production style stuff, it's like, you got to do, fast and quality and it's like to do that efficiently it's like you gotta you gotta dial in that that welder so it's like you gotta uh build a weld and then have little cleanup so that i mean so you can keep welding so all the barriers you gotta be able to scrape it off faster just steps just like okay well that step didn't work maybe i should have welded the vertical down first and then and then 
weld over here. Just constant learn. So I'm not throwing all these these berries on this hot piece. Yeah. So I mean, if something's hot, then berries are going to stick versus versus uh kind of deflect off. Trial. It's just kind of yeah. You just figure out over the years, just working, working it, and figuring out how to play with metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Practice makes perfect. I mean, it's anything, any craft, any skill. Uh, it's it's awesome. You get paid to do it. I mean, a lot of yeah. Guys... It, it it actually uh, it's always it's a, it's really hard to actually like every once in a while step back and like look down the mountain and down the mountain and be like, wow, look how far I came. Like three years ago, I was working for somebody else. Yeah, really, it's nuts. And now I'm working for myself. And so this has led to like you went to SEMA as a guest. You helped a, a SEMA build, right? Yep. So uh, got an opportunity with Max Leiter Broncos. They're out of Bloomington. They uh, they build custom classic Broncos, but when the new Broncos started popping up, they oh, yeah. started to upfit. That was the, the big Bronco SEMA theme there for the two years when yep. the Bronco was rolling. So out. Yeah, they're hot. Actually, that story is two and a half weeks before SEMA. I saw them post about their SEMA build, and I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna reach out. It was like 10:30 at night. I'm like, hey, do you guys got an exhaust for your SEMA build? And that time I'm not full time. I'm I'm working full time at a at Parker Fabrication. And uh, is that the one out in Roanoke? It's out in uh, Morton. Morton. Just say, yep. God, I hope you weren't driving to Roanoke. No. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I reached out and and they were like, they're like, no. We, I mean, they replied right right away. And I'm sitting in bed, wife right next to me, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay. Would you be interested in one? They're like, yes, definitely. But the SEMA, but it's it's two weeks out and we got to ship out next week. And I was like, okay, can I meet you tomorrow? So me and my brother went there, pitched the idea, brought like a couple, like, like a 90 pie cut that I had, uh, a small X pipe that I welded just to kind of show the quality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were like, yeah, right then and there we, I mean, I was out there for three hours. We brought a Bronco back. Now I've been to SEMA and there, there's like a whole <laughs> thing where you have to be vetted in order to go there. They got you yeah. under their, their tag or something. Yep. Okay. Yep, that's exactly. That's cool. Um, so I, uh, I used all my money I had in the bank to order cause I had to overnight all this material from Stanley's brothers. You've got, not only is it a big monumental build, kind of a career making or breaking kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. but then you just took the timeline and compressed it to what five days, basically. Yeah, actually, uh, two days. <laughs> and they were going to, yeah, yeah, because they couldn't give you that car for a couple of days. I mean, nope. they, they needed yeah, to keep they, building. They gave me another car. Okay. Oh, another um, Bronco. Yep, another oh, Bronco. Okay. So they didn't give me the SEMA build. Okay. So pretty much, my brother, me and my brother, worked for twenty four hours. Oh my gosh! Uh, so as soon as that came in. And I had a I had a big ramp here. Did you call into park? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make it. Into it was actually work today. a week. It was actually a weekend, so it okay. was it was. Uh, My story's better. Yeah, <laughs> just calling in sick. It was actually a Friday when the material came in, so we worked all weekend. So you got a two post um, lift in here. That this wasn't here. This shop wasn't set up the this, way it was. It was not. You can see on the uh, the Instagram or, or TikTok the uh, the transformation because I have I have before and after. Okay, and it is, and you'll see the Bronco on there. That right. that iconic uh, so you, time. Yep. All that you were doing the whole time you were doing that, you were also filming it. Uh, I, I mean, I did I did do social media for that, but yeah. Wow. I didn't like film the whole thing. So what was kind of involved in it? You did you do like an X pipe uh, um, mufflers? Or so what? pretty much it was a full cat back, 
and um, the SEMA build is different than the production. So okay. um, the first one, I just made it look just my style. I got underneath the car, and at that point, I probably had 30 exhaust under my belt, like full custom exhaust. So you get the hang of it. And so at that point, I could just pretty much my thing is I'd always slide underneath the car and just stare at it for like 30 minutes and just route in my head what I wanted. Sure. And so just visually seeing where I wanted it to go. And then I just started doing that. Is there standards for like the, the cuts and the angles? Do you, I mean, so, so, I mean, you want the best flow possible. So you kind of try to avoid nineties and I usually use nineties, 45s and 22 and a half, which when you're doing like a, a zigzag, mm-hmm. you could do 45s, but you could also do 22 and a half, which is half a 45. Mm-hmm. So it's a smoother transition. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So you got this thing. It's up in the air. You're doing you're doing your thing. Did you pull it off in two days? Yep, we got it done in two days. We uh, dropped the exhaust. We didn't start up the car um, with it because it would have dirtied the exhaust. Oh, look, you didn't want to discolor it. Correct. Okay. So so it was a pusher at that or a roller at that point. So pretty much, I mean, we we unbolted the stock exhaust, built the exhaust, then put the stock exhaust back off, and then or back on and then we hand delivered the Bronco and then the exhaust and installed it on the SEMA build. So I have that on my Instagram too of me wow. throwing it up there. And uh yeah, it was it was like the best feeling ever. Just I was like, holy cow. So you got I, a big I think grin. I made it. Yeah, you got a big this grin right it. now when you're talking about it, but I would be so stinking nervous mm-hmm. the whole time. Were you was anything was, going through your mind about like being nervous or were you like, This is such an opportunity, I'm excited, this is fun. Uh, I'm a riskier guy. So like for me to jump on something like this was not really like, it wouldn't be odd for me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So get a little adrenaline rush. Yeah. So it was, uh, I saw the opportunity and I, and I took full advantage of it and that's when I jumped ship. So, so what happened? Truck gets built. So a couple days later it gets shipped out to SEMA. Um, they offer me. They didn't pay for flights, but they they had a VRBO, so they said they had they have two tickets if you want to go. Yeah. So me and my wife flew out. Heck yeah. Then stayed at the VRBO. I mean, got to explore SEMA, got to explore Vegas a little bit. Um, Feet hurt after that, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, uh, but the day before the flight, I uh, I walked in and and told my boss I was quitting. I was like, this is it. <laughs> but that- also that that following week after SEMA was a bachelor party for my stepdad and we went to rally school oh. in Texas or uh, Vermont? uh New Hampshire New Hampshire yeah okay yep. yeah that one's pretty O'Neal. cool yeah O'Neill's yep so with them things back to back there was no way I was going to be able to get off work yeah so I just uh eh, I gotta I, go to rally school I quit <laughs> I like it well you know what you're talking about your you're not risk averse. You're kind of like, hey, I'm capable. Clearly, like this is a sign that I, I'm I'm good at what I do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this my way. Is that kind of the path you took? I mean, it was more like um, my wife had a stable job. That She's helps. A nurse. Health, that helps. She, have health she insurance. had health insurance. Yeah, that that always. And helps. for me, yeah. that was actually without her support, there was no way this would have happened. Yeah, yeah. you'd be you'd be stuck at a, a place welding every day to carry the benefits yep, for that. Yep. And I would just be doing it on the side because yeah. her having being a nurse, yeah. um, yeah, I was able to jump ship and, 
at that moment i was like i didn't even tell her until we were on the flight to vegas i was like hey <laughs> how by did the that way, go over seriously yeah, she, yeah i messed up on that one that was a, yeah. the best communication hey we're gonna skills. have a great trip by the way it's work <laughs> well i mean i told her that uh oh that you quit, quit. oh 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 okay yeah yeah because at that point we already talked with Max Fighter about doing production, yeah. which the production exhaust was different from the steam exhaust, which the production exhaust is uh, way nicer. Yeah. So did uh, they put like a mirror underneath the truck and everything? So- there, there was a mirror, but like you couldn't see. It, it. was just like, and it wasn't Brocket built. It was Shade Twelve yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But either way, it was a cool experience. And then from then, that's really what kind of kicked off i mean they ordered that first year 30 30 plus exhaust 40 exhaust it's a fair amount and then i started doing like the white bar brackets for them and so yeah them are still i still do them today so you still have them in your catalog people could you know order them up or is it just specifically just just specifically for them so it's like it does have my logo on it on the exhaust but they're white bar white bar brackets i uh i build Okay. And it has their their logo on it. Any concern, or uh, how does it, how do you go about something where, I mean, everybody copies everybody now. If you do something cool, innovative, unique, someone's going to try to either clone it, do it cheaper. You know, do you have to protect your stuff at all with like copyrights or trademarks? Or so, pens? I mean, I think people turn around products so fast. I mean, if I saw something online, I mean, the next day I could I could build it. Yeah, if it's within my realm. Yeah. or the tools I have. So, Reverse I mean, engineer stuff. Yep. Yeah. So it's like I don't have any patents, and it's like people know it's extremely hard to compete with China. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. I, I couldn't even imagine, so especially Thailand. anything automotive. Yep. You know, and I'm, it really is. So it's like I think being face-to-face with somebody, they're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's like values are good. Mm-hmm. He puts out a good product. I think just that that quality uh says a lot and then through the social media presence it's like the fabricators know fabricators so it's like it's a it's a it's an amazing community the instagram community uh of fabricators welders yeah it's like everybody's extremely helpful everybody's constantly asking questions or providing little tips insights and i can reach out to pretty much anybody it's nice of Mr. Zuckerberg to provide you the platform. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> so I, we were talking also about the GX uh, crowd. You've done a lot with uh, the Lexus GX community, so right? So since I got the GX, uh, the Y-pipe is the biggest uh, restriction on them. So uh, I reached out to the community, the GXOR page, and um, and pretty much said I, I'm going to build the Y-pipe. Um, I'm thinking about doing it this way. I want your guys' input because you guys are going to be the one building it. So from there, they pretty much, I mean, it was hundreds of comments of just like, I would like this. Oh, I would like this. Could we do something like this? And all the all the issues with all the stuff that was discontinued and all the ones previous before me. And then once mine came out, it was like, okay, this is this is an actual product. Like, oh, I don't. I'd rather just hang this up on my wall. Mm-hmm. Do I really have to off-road with this thing? <laughs> it looks gorgeous. too nice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Would you make it out? Stainless? Yep, it's all stainless, two and a half inch stainless. Nice. Yep. So if you wanted to, you could even like polish that bad boy up. Oh, yeah. So uh, my supplier, Stainless Bros, that's one reason I use them. So I reached out to them to wholesale. And uh, honestly, they're they're a great group of guys. But everything comes like 
packaged up extremely well. Everything's um, brushed, brush polished, nice. and so it's very consistent. All their elbows are very consistent. Where's it out of? Texas, Austin, oh. Texas. Yep. Okay. Hmm. And then we we're you were saying maybe the uh, the GR Corolla. You got some, so uh, some in the works maybe is working. the uh, GR Corolla. Yeah. That's the next uh, platform I'll probably be going to when I get get a chance. We've heard we've talked a little bit about that car in the last couple shows, and I've heard I think I told you in the pre-show just people out in public talking about can't wait to get their hands on or just got one. Yeah, phenomenal platform. And you've actually said you've driven them. You've both had uh, some seat time with them. Yeah, it's a heck of a car. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So if you're looking for a daily. You know, something that goes above and beyond and needs, yeah, you know, a little forced induction to get it uh, on its way. That's something you might want to take I mean, a look if you, at. If you if you want to have fun in a you know a daily driver, that's definitely a great pick. I, you you could take it to the track and have fun all summer with it, but then you got all wheel drive and you could you could be on the worst Bartonville windy road on a snow covered day and probably <laughs> still get to wherever you need to go. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it fits that niche. It fits the niche for people who kind of wanted to get into that game you know, uh, that Subaru and others have kind of had, um, but they, they're Toyota loyal. Or yeah. They want yeah. Toyota fanboy. See, and there's, there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot out there. So, um, what kind of, uh, what kind of mods are you looking to make for that? I'll probably just do an exhaust for it, like a modular, yeah. a modular exhaust. So one system will have different resonators, different mufflers, or just have multiple options on different resonators, different mufflers. And it's all included with one system. So I love the idea of like a, a bolt-on or modify for race day type thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That's awesome. Because, I mean, um, to be able to have like a dump or just to be able to V-band it on is... It's huge. It is. It is really huge. And it's like a, the manufacturing process. That's another reason why I'm able to do what I do because a lot of my stuff is hard for manufacturers to produce. It's not like a... It is a manufacturer part yeah but it's not an easy so well, so my stuff is also costs a little more like it's different quality um but you're talking about the gr corolla i mean that that's not a big production volume car so sometimes it's not even worth these guys to set up a tool and die to, to make they're not going to sell a million of these things right yeah so. so it's like in that area there's fabricators like myself but are been doing this for a long time it's like that's who they look for for like certain cars so they know they're going to have this platform and so they're building it or buying their exhaust or their products from them so most of the big companies like uh rk titanium is huge in the the titanium market like supras bmws Mm -hmm. um, their new platforms gr corolla so it's like to compete against guys that have hundreds of thousands of followers and like all their products look like I mean, just top-notch quality that, like, I try to achieve. Yeah. It's it, like, that's it, that's the pinnacle. Your eyes like, just, like, opened up like saucers. So if they're amazing you, they must be pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a lot of phenomenal fabricators out there that put out good work, and that's what that's what you got to compete with. So you're, you rattled off a few, but other uh, fabricators or kind of one-off guys that, that or, or gals that you respect – that you kind of follow. I know you're you're pretty active in a lot of different communities, it seems. But are there are there some folks out there that more people should be following that you look up to? Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of if you're looking for like instruction on welding, mm-hmm. weld.com, uh, Blue Demon Crew, 
Um, okay. They have a lot of content on instruction. And then for like strictly like welding, fabrication, like just, I guess, uh, Instagram worthy photos, you call it, <laughs> or videos. It's mm-hmm. like there's plenty of guys out there. I mean, there's hundreds that are just like top notch that like, wow, that's, I got to step up my game. Yeah. Constantly. But honestly, they're all down to earth and they, they, if you ask a question, they'll, they usually answer it. That's the, the, the nice part about it. It seems, you know, I, I'm in my mid forties and I knew a couple folks that went into that path or went to Wyotech or some other trade school to kind of really hone in on, on a skill set they liked with regard to either, uh, paint and auto body or metal shaping or whatever it might be. But there wasn't that instant connection. You've already mentioned a few times where you just saw saw somebody's Instagram feed or followed somebody locally, and, and then kind of you cross that bridge. Is that an easier connection to make with someone who's doing something similar or something cool that it's that wall doesn't exist anymore? I don't. I don't. I think with the younger crowd, it doesn't exist. Maybe with the older mm. crowd, um, it's like I get young guys all the time. It's like actually. The other day I made a post uh, uh, on my story that some guy reached out and he was like, I love your work. He was like, you inspire me, this and that. And he was like, I've been following you for a long time. He was like, I just bought my, finally saved up for my first welder. I want to practice. I can't wait to get started practicing. Do you have any tips? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I always respond with like, anytime you need, you have any questions, let me know. It's like, I've done a couple like private lessons on the side, Mm -hmm. like taught people that already knew how to weld, but like didn't know how to weld aluminum or stainless sure just kind of if you already know how to weld it's just like a little run through like what settings and so it's like i do private lessons here and there to people it's cool and it's like the instruction teaching uh the youth of like this awesome trade is is something i want to get into more it would be easy though just to like hide out and say this is my secret this is where i do it and i'm not going to share that knowledge right and and there are guys that are like that and it's like for me i've reached out to a couple guys about hey what what uh fiber laser are you using to etch your titanium and it's like they're like wouldn't you like to know and i'm like <laughs> it's like a top I'm like, secret wow all right well <laughs> all right well i'll just go uh ask somebody else or google it i guess yeah because i like how thing. you do yours uh, yeah and yeah. it's like guys like that it's like they shouldn't be part of the community anyway well and someone's admiring your work yeah that's and some people, I guess, it just it's lost on them. They don't care. They're they're just in it for themselves mm-hmm. and for what. Well, why what even respond at that point? Be like, yeah, I'm busy. Go away, kid. Right? Yeah. But, or just not respond. Yeah. <laughs> Leave on red. What? What was the first welder you had? First welder. So first one that I owned was a Miller Synchro Wave. It was a multi process, so it could like stick, tig, and like like a MIG spool gun. Okay. And I had that up until. Uh, October, and then I bought my new uh, Fronius. So that's kind of what you what you're using now. You like? Yep. So it's water cooled, so the torch never gets hot. I mostly do the TIG process, so TIG welding. Um, okay. Yep. So things like what what is uh, what is Healy arcing? Is that different than welding? So Healy arcing, I guess back in the day, used to, I'm pretty sure it used to be TIG welding, but you used to use helium. So right now you use argon like straight argon for stainless titanium okay um aluminum some of the more but back then it used to be a tri-mix i'm pretty sure so it would but helium went up in price 
So mm. they swapped out to, I'm pretty sure that's what, I never, I, I've never heel yarked. Uh, that was kind of before my time. Yeah, I, I, a friend of mine's dad was a machinist by trade, and he was a good welder. We used to build race cars and dirt bikes and stuff like that. And I always remember talking about, well, anything outside of just straight-up steel, like talking about uh, aluminum, stuff like that, he always referred to stuff as, I got a heat arc, and I got mm-hmm. to go, go borrow this and do it at <laughs> some other guy's shop. Yep. And it was like, that's when I walked in here and I saw titanium um, you know, mid-pipes and stuff for like BMW M3s you're working on and some of this other really cool exotic stuff. I'm like, the metal is what got me. I'm like, that always seems like this big mystery. Because, I mean, I've, I've played around with a welder before, but I just make a mess, and I'm terrible at it. But to see somebody actually stitch stuff with the whole quote-unquote stack of dimes, right, that everybody's yeah. trying to yeah. go for, not only your welds clean, but the, the type of stuff you're using, the machinery you're using, and then the, the metal itself, it's, it's all super clean, super exotic. Um, you know, if you were to give some advice to somebody who was kind of into maybe what you're into or wants to get more into that, um, what advice would you give them as far as to kind of get outside their comfort zone and start messing with some of this more quote exotic stuff? So if you have the the want to do it, it's like just go do it. Like there's there's nothing holding you back. And um, and if you don't have access to a welder, save up and purchase a Harbor Freight one. Like Harbor Freight welders are honestly just but as good as the, you spend a thousand dollars or so. I mean, you don't even have to spend a thousand dollars. Like if you're looking just to MIG weld. Uh, flux core. Um, you can go buy the real cheap Harbor Freight welders for like 200 bucks or wow. get the Vulcan or titanium series. I think anywhere from 500 to a, like, yeah, a thousand bucks. And it's like, you can do a lot with them. Like the thousand dollar ones, it's like, you can TIG with them. You can MIG with them. They're multi-processed. So it's like you watch YouTube videos and just learn. And it's all about settings and just doing it. What kind of infrastructure do you have to have out in a shop like this? Because uh, I, I know you've got a plasma cutter. You've got a lift out here. I mean, th- 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 I'm not an electrician, but it looks like there's some current draw that might happen out here. So, I mean, my my stuff is set up for 220 now. But in the beginning, I mean, it was just 110. Most most of the machines now come with uh, adapters where you can do 110 flip or, them or whatever. Yep, or... 220, 240. Oh, really? You got like an amplifier built into them or something? Yep. So okay. honestly, all new ones, like even even my, my Fronius there, it's uh, it's like that's a $10,000 welder. And uh, top of the line technology, I mean, there's features I still haven't even figured out. Yeah. But it's it's a welder that I can tinker with. Chat GPT and, built in. Yeah. Yeah, it has chat GPT. It's enabled. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, just, just go after it and, and start and like there's – there's plenty of opportunity. I mean, like Musk said, you right. can. Uh, oh well, we don't quote him. I mean, we make fun of him on the show. Oh, do you? Yeah. I quote I mean, him every you, day. I don't you don't need about. you don't need an education. You just need to go. Yeah. You you have all the information you need online, and really that's the truth. Yeah. Through social media, through through YouTube, it's like there's how tos on how to wipe your butt. Yeah. Like you, the proper way. Like. Yep. Are, are, are you googling that right now? I, I got a bidet, so I don't have to anymore. <laughs> Oh, the it's it's great living in modern times, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, like it is. corn yeah, cobs and uh, Sears Roebuck catalogs anymore. All right, we could we could <laughs> talk for hours, honestly, and and I love repeat guests, so I, I wouldn't mind be averse to you know bringing you back on later Definitely. next project you're working on or something like that. Should have like a like some sort of reality show competition, kind of a welding contest, and you could yeah. judge. You there you could, go. Yeah, because History Channel's uh, doesn't have anything like that, right? No, I can't. I can't believe you haven't signed up for some contest like that. 
Has there ever been a show or anything? I mean, I talked to Dorian about uh, the knife maker, about yeah. going. I was like, what would, like, what what's the requirements to go on Forge and Fire? Yeah. It's like, you, I'll just go underneath your wing, mm-hmm. and we'll do this. Mm-hmm. And well, honestly, there's not a whole lot of requirements. No? Turns out. TV He's like, I didn't even know how to weld. <laughs> He's like, I barely knew. It's like, what? Uh, it worked shoot. out okay for him. Oh, I mean, he did really good, so. Yeah. I will say, um, as we wrap up this interview section, you've got to, to get on the socials and check out all Marcus's stuff. Incredible. The, the Instagram feed. I, I, I'm not on TikTok like Daryl, so I'm sure Daryl's already saw the TikTok stuff. But, uh, mm, but just bit. from what I know of Instagram. Instagram's I mean, prim- primary, and then I just flood Facebook and TikTok yeah. with overflow yeah. stuff. So Yeah, and I, and I love the fact that you actually use it as a tool for retailing and everything like that. That's that that's awesome. You know, some people are like, hey, what are you doing? Just Facebook all day, but I'm I'm making money over here. That's what I'm doing. So, good for you. That's where the and, eyes are. That's yeah. where the audience is. Yeah. So now, when we make the money, Daryl, what, yeah. what what do we like to do? Uh, we like to take our, our our money and 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 go shopping. Yeah. You know, much like my wife likes to go through the beautiful local boutiques in Peoria Heights and go buy like you know handbags and shoes and whatnot. Uh, you and I and. Our ilk like to go online. I think Marcus is part of that ilk. I think I think we've all been guilty of staying up and searching for cars and trucks for sale. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Till till the wee hours of the night. And we call this segment Cars of the Week. And it's W E A K because well we're not we're not really strong enough to pull the trigger and actually buy it. This is one of those hypothetical things with our virtual wallet. We, if I had all the money in the world, I might buy this. And um, you know, <laughs> I would, I'm just looking here at the most green gold '70s pick that uh, that my my associate over here. Crossed. I think you I think you inspired this pick, so I appreciate. that. My goodness, if you had all the money in the world, this is what you would pick. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh, the entry tonight into cars of the week. I, if anybody who follows the show knows that my first car was my grandmother's Plymouth Velaria. It was a 1978. It was a what we called a cinnamon color, but it was mm. basically a light metallic brown. Uh, had a nice bench seat across the front. Earth Didn't tones. have a Landau top, just had the, the pure metal top, but uh, had those UFO hubcaps on it that would fly off in every country road in, in Livingston County. Well, what do you know? Bring a Trailer had a 1979 in that same cinnamon color, we called it. Now, my grandma's been painted on every corner, so I don't think her colors quite match from door to door. She never explained how she got in all those accents, got the car repainted. No. No, oh. Mysteriously enough. I wonder how that happened. Anyway. A 1979 Plymouth Valari has been sitting at a dealership in Connecticut, I think literally since 1979. <laughs> since it was new. <laughs> the car shows 2,400 miles, and it's still being offered by the selling dealer with a manufacturer liter- literature of the receipts and a clean South Carolina title. This car, hmm. I, I watched them bring a trailer. I thought, oh, you know what? You know, what, what can it bring? $5,000? $6,000, you ask? Uh, no, this thing, <laughs> as, as as the days went on, it went for $30,000. You're I, kidding me. I am not kidding at all. I mean, it's a Plymouth Valari, folks. It's got the Slant 6. It was it was a good squad car for a police drama, but it was never something you wanted to look at you know, and have in your garage. And, no. And even as I was waxing mine just to make sure it wasn't going to rust out, I never thought you know, this car would be worth $30,000 someday. Oh Somebody my God! Thirty k for that. I can't believe it. I don't even understand that number. What were they new? Probably thirty five hundred. Maybe I paid. I mean, Four. I paid. Fi- I paid five hundred dollars for that car in, in nineteen eighty 
85, 86. Yeah. You know, and I I thought that was a lot of money back then. I mean, the car was probably worth two or $3,000, you know, but... Uh, you got the family discount? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, uh, man, I tell you what, it held up really good. Is a 16-year-old driving, driving like a crazy man... That slant six was screaming for mercy at 108 miles an hour on Route 66. <laughs> I made a 24 minute run from Fairbury to normal one time. You know, and <laughs> did it have a rev limiter or did it just it just, just make it just, a it racket just, that scared just, you? No, it just it, you could hold the pedal all the way to the ground and it just literally could not get over like 105. It was just it was just like sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I would have aired the tires up more. I look back and I think about how stupid we were driving that car at those kind of speeds. You know, yeah. I don't even know what the tires look like. You know, yeah. We, we didn't. I don't think I looked at tires until I was probably <laughs> twenty-one years old. I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should. It was after probably sliding yeah. into something. Yeah. Now to be fair, I, it, as cars of the week go, this is actually a pretty anemic pick for me. But it hit so close to the heartstrings, I had to pick it. Uh, I still think my Ferrari pick on the last episode was better. But, it's uh, up there. But, but I'm going to run with this one. So that's I'm proud that, of you. That's my pick. 1979 Velari. I'm proud 30 of thirty grand. You actually picked a, a, a domestic. So thank <laughs> yeah. You. And then you you followed the theme of the show, which I don't. It was unbeknownst. Yeah, we did the crisscross serendipity we, here. We flipped this. Uh, since I was a kid, I I always liked uh, the Lexus, uh, the LS series car. I've, I the SC 400s are nice. The coupes are nice. But I when this thing came out. When I was younger, I was into big luxury cars, and I still kind of am, although I, I don't really have one. So I want to, at some point in my life, I want a first-gen LS400. I loved that design. I loved the style. Uh, when they came out, I thought they were just very unique, and I loved the paint on those things. Uh, I think they did a really good job on like early base coat, clear coat, with like that pearl, that kind of like pearl-tinted clear mm-hmm, on them or whatever. Yeah. They are just beautiful cars. So I actually, every once in a while, we'll, we'll go through them. And this, this was the bigger one, right? This is when they yeah. grew up just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They're actually a pretty good sized car. Uh, I found a 94 LS400 on Bring a Trailer. And uh, same thing. This one is listed as an anniversary edition. I don't know how you get an anniversary out of four years old. But um, <laughs> supposedly one of 1800 built, finished in midnight indigo pearl and uh, gray leather. It's got the four liter V8, which is the not the one UZ. I forget what it's one UZ. One UZ is that yep. what it is? The um, non VVTI. Rock and motor. UZ. I've seen these things with you know five hundred thousand miles on them and, and, and a thousand horse. Yeah, like no problem whatsoever. <laughs> and this yeah. one has the the lovely Nakamichi Premium sound system, which in its day was with the CD changer. Pretty yeah. pretty slick. So this apparently car is original. It's a California car, so no rust. Uh, Eighty seven thousand miles, and uh, it is. Offered at no reserve right now. Uh, I think it just closed, so let me just... Yeah, I, I just looked at the sale price. What is... Okay. Compared to the Velari, what do you think? Well, yesterday, when I looked at it at midnight, it was like 10000 and change. So it's probably thirty five grand based on the Velari's value, right? I'm going to guess mid-20s. So let's click into this. I think you would have been a buyer. Was it that much? $15,000 would have taken you all the way, Daryl. What could you buy right now? On the used market for fifteen grand, that's as not a well seventy nine Velari. <laughs> so nearly twice that. I don't know. Well, well yours I'll, is, ta- I'll take a, two Lexus. I'll I, take, I owned one. Did you? You yep. had an LS. What's? Uh, did you ever have an SC? I did not do, go the SC route. I thought about it. Those are cool too, mm-hmm. but there's something about these where you just you pull up and 
Yeah, I like the big luxurious yeah. car too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if I want SC, it would be the SC four hundred. These these had exhaust problems for days. This is this, Did they? yeah. That's, that's cat, the it, cat converters always went yeah. bad on these things, and it has four mufflers. Yeah. Just so you don't hear anything in the car. Nope, that it, car has four muffles. Delete, did, delete, delete, delete. Did it have the 20 taillights? That was the one thing. Those early Lexuses had like 20 bulbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. All the lights are like, that's amazing. But then they'd start to go out, you know. Two years later yeah. and it's, yeah. yeah. Well, there's also that same kind of, remember like, was it the Mercury's? They had the big spaceship all lit up yeah. in the front. They had like 12 headlights or yeah. parking lights. A couple and, of them out here or there. Yeah, yeah, they just all burn out. You're like, mm, <laughs> nobody's changing that. All right, so that's my uh, that's my lame pick. You uh, flipped the script. I like it. I, I did, did domestic, and you did uh, Japanese car. Marcus, Congratulations. bring us in with the tiebreaker. All right, well, we're going to go with uh, another import. Excellent. Got the uh, 1985 Toyota pickup, SR5, four-wheel drive, and five-speed manual. Good so, pick. Nicely yep, optioned. So, yep, so honestly, I, I definitely want one of these. This is the Marty McFly truck. It is. But it's white. Yeah, thank goodness for that. It even I, has the, like, that's the best decals for these. Yeah, yeah those, like, silhouettes or whatever. Yep. Um, what year, this this thing really didn't change bodies, like, body style-wise from, like, the early 80s to, like, the early 90s, right? No, it was 91 or, uh, maybe it was 89. I can't remember when the, the, the first rounded pickup yep. came out. And then it had the, the three-liter in it, which is, or, no. Yeah, the little V6. Uh, it was like an option, right? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Dude, there's know. some great pictures of this. Yeah, whoever this, whoever uh, has this vehicle right now, I mean, I'm looking at how they've done it. They, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's like they put it in one of those uh, round table, turntable rooms or uh-huh. something like that. Total white blank background. Like it's yep. like they're photographing art. Because so, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is. So this thing's got five days left. It's going for $12,000. Knowing how clean this is, we know how wacko Toyota owners are. These mm-hmm. things, this truck it's could be a forty yeah. $40,000 truck. Yep. Because pretty much my thing now, bring a trailer, is what I think it's worth plus 20% is how it always goes, right? Yeah, and honestly, it Except the Velari. care <laughs> like what the mileage is on these. It's yeah. the body. Yeah. It's, it's how good of shape it is because everybody's going to swap a motor in it. I mean, that's what I would do. Would you do that? Would you, would you take this? Well, of course, you took a... a pristine lexus and did the same thing right yeah, chop, yeah. Chop, manual chop. swap yeah i actually just want to put the uh one gr in something so bad what's your feeling about dropping a, a chevy crate motor in the toyota okay good I he's, he's not a, you can't not i'm not an ls all right all right i thought he was gonna i'm a one uz leave. guy okay all right uh, i've seen some one uz swaps out there uh on youtube and th- like there's part of me that if i wasn't a huge domestic old car nut I would be looking for some way to shoehorn that into something small and ridiculous mm-hmm. because I think that's a, an amazing power plant and it's completely underutilized. It, it definitely is. I I mean, even if I wanted to buy another brand besides Toyota, mm-hmm. I, I physically can't. I tried. <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> like when I was going to buy the GX, I went from the Tundra uh-huh. to what am I going to buy? And I'm like, there's so many options. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? It's like yeah. I, everything's so expensive, Toyota, and it's like, yeah. well, the GXs are nice. I've already owned two of them before this, and I'm like, well, let's find a pristine one, and, and that's what I did. You found a nice low mileage example. Yep. That's the other nice thing about Lexus, I think. When you do find them used, they could go the, hey, this is a nice person's car, daily driver, whatever, or it could be the, the grandpa-grandma route. That's exactly mm-hmm. And that's what... 
Lexus has That's that. What you appeal. gotta find. They, they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those GXs all day long, never been wheeled. <laughs> no. You know. Yeah, it's, but it's hilarious yeah. when they first go off wheeling and the, the front and rear bumpers leave them and uh-huh. they start getting clipped and yep. kicked and yeah. Anyway. All right, so kids, we are deep into this thing. I think at this point we probably uh, we need to shut her down. But uh, I, I tell you what, I did not expect a complete Toyota apologist show here. No, this Ca- is <laughs> casual listeners of the show are probably like, he's a plant, he's a shill. Nah. Every, he knew he was going to be a Toyota guy when they started the show. We had no idea whatsoever. And and then when I looked at Cars of the Week, I peeked ahead and I saw this truck. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I uh-huh. like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Marcus, thank you for your hospitality. Yeah, thank you very much us. for having me. This is phenomenal. I um now that I <laughs> now that I know everything that you're about, I'm probably gonna uh, bug you a lot about all things automotive related. And we do have it's it's January, but we're already starting to plot out the year and there's some really cool events going on locally. We're already talking about things like the ICC Power Day, we're talking about the uh, the meet at the marina and yep. some of the other uh, well not marina, but whatever. Uh, and the Louisville Slugger thing for Detail Peoria, yeah. 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 So definitely stay. So you'll, you'll be around. Marcus is involved with all that, you know, the, yep. you know sponsoring yeah. events Yeah, I sponsor stuff. the Cars yeah. and Coffee. Yeah. I try to sponsor every car event in the area. Like, even this past year, it's like I sponsored Corvette, like St. Jude Corvette runs. Nice. I try, I know, try to put my money in. I won't go that far. Well, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a big, uh, in, or uh, domestic, domestic guy, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Corvettes okay. are. I mean, hey, you're selling exhaust work, so I'm selling yeah. Toyotas. So you know, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. And all if right. you've been on the fence too, a lot of people have reached out uh, and just been like, "Hey, I hear this Peoria Cars and Coffee is huge. It is. It's in a different venue. It's actually grown. It's actually kind of evolved a little bit. Definitely worth coming down if you're anywhere in the, I'd say the you know tri or tri-state area. No, no, it's it's worth stopping by. It's as much fun as it's always been, so yeah. don't don't let the uh, haters persuade you otherwise. Exactly, right. that's great, uh, Marcus. Thanks again. Thank yeah. you. Where can people find you? At Brocket Built on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Brocket with two T's, and you can find Daryl on the TikTok at Throwing Wrenches. That's right, and you can find Eric <laughs> on TikTok at. Oh, I don't know. I, uh, show's over. Oh man, he's <laughs> plan, on TikTok. He just plan, won't admit it. Planet stall. You don't want. You don't want my TikTok. Step it's ter- one. Terrible. Step, first terrible. step is admitting you have the problem. <laughs> All right. See you later, everybody. My ears hurt. Yeah, mine too. That was a long show, kids. That was almost <laughs> yeah, two hours. Ears. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't. I didn't. I thought. Oh, that was only two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like a half hour. This is fun. Oh no, it was great. It It was great. It's nine o'clock. Nine twenty two. Oh my god. Yeah, I was I was holy cow. I was gonna be like That goes by really fast. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like, we could talk a lot longer, but that's not going to help. And I feel like I barely even got into it. Yeah, right? I know. Right? Right? That's what I was thinking too. It was we were like an hour in, and you were, uh, and you were still just talking about instruction stuff. Like, oh man, we're going to be in deep trouble here. But that's okay. Holy cow! I'd rather have too much content than not enough. Yeah. So, well, we've good. had. I'm trying to think. We've had people come back too. Um, part two, part 